Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Roche off of a screen set by Flip. How about a three? Big time! Cameron in a frenzy. 66 57, 428 to go. 14 seconds left. Evers on the penetration, little Euro layup blocked by Kyron Lindsay. Don't foul, says Coach Roberts. That's it. Yes, it is. Texas Tech, 79 to 50. You know, we, he's been a mentor for mine for you know 10 years or so, so we've always had those conversations. It was towards the end of the season, uh, as far as my season with the Steelers, that this kind of came up and, you know, didn't really happen, you know, uh, tangibly until our season finished up. So I couldn't tell you necessarily time frame, but it, was, it happened more to the end of our season and, and uh, didn't really – come out there because I didn't want that to be a distraction for what we had going at our place. We felt like we were in a good good, a good place. You know, we were, you know, pushing forward and then, you know, when it came time to be here, that's when it worked out. Good morning. Welcome into Hurt Hat Sports Radio here on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm Ravi Lula here with my guy DB. What's going on, man? Were you holding your breath? Could I make it two days in a row? Uh, no, you were here before me today, so I was I rolled up and I was like, "Cars here, we're all yeah, good." I, s- same time, about every day. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the same schedule. I vary a little bit depending on what kind of day I had. Yeah, yeah. So are you what like what happens in your household in the mornings? The only variables are your dogs and insulin, right? Yes, dogs and insulin. Um, this wife is pretty consistent. Well, yeah, she's asleep most of the time when I leave. Oh, man, listen. <laughs> No, I'm not hating. That's part of the American dream. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not hating. She uh, very few responsibilities before you even put your foot to the pedal of gas. It's oh, true. That's yeah. amazing. Well, so normally it's like how I slept, and because all it really is, if I'm being totally honest here, yeah, is how long does it take me to decide I'm actually getting out of the bed? Oh, really? Yeah. 
I'm not a morning person. Oh, okay. I see. I am. So yeah, and I'm not at all. I'm, I I'm not I, at all. I went to. I was at the high school. I bet you three or four mornings a week. Yeah, that's early. It, like, and I didn't really. I mean, I didn't have to be there. Yeah. But um, it's just good to get the day started and. I mean, some of these coaches will figure out that, that aren't in the buildings mm-hmm. that need to be in the buildings. Obviously, the more you're in the building, oh, yeah. the better. Absolutely. Because so, it takes such a long time to to build relationships, mm-hmm. right? And and I think now more than fudge, man, maybe any time in my coaching career, like the young people are the most different. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. They're the most needy. They're the most different from when you were a young person? And coaching, right? Because I'm going into 20, sure. year, 23 yeah. years, right? Yeah. So probably the most needy. So from then to now, it takes the most. You can't just – it's not just because I said so. So let me expand do, on – Do you know what I mean? Let me expand on needy a little bit here, right? Because I think people hear that word and immediately think negative connotation. Oh, that's fine. Um and I don't know if you mean it negatively, positively, or neutral. No. I, I, sometimes I'm not responsible for people's interpretation unless they ask me a follow-up. Right. Question. That's what I'm asking. Um, you're good because you're sitting next to people <laughs> in the car. That are, they're like going to hit me up and they're like, right. what do you mean? I'm asking the question for, on their behalf because mm-hmm. I think I know what you mean, but I want to clarify for me and for them. Mm-hmm. The question I have, when you say needy, do you mean most – it's most necessary with them to have a relationship and a connection with you before they care what you say. 100%. Because a lot of times people say needy and you think coddled, right? Sure. And sometimes that's it. Yeah, but you know what? I, so one thing I really, really try to do mm-hmm. is, is use the words that I mean. Yeah. Right? Like if I, if I, wanna, if I mean soft, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say soft. <laughs> I'm going to say ding dong. I'm going to say ding dong. Yeah. Right? Like, so needy, it's a, it's a multitude of things. It can be, yeah. You know, it's, it's weird because I think the, the family dynamics are, are, are very, very different than, than, I've, than I've ever seen before. And it's not just the trivial not trivial because i don't want to downplay one versus two parent or split homes or whatever i mean like involvement i mean i mean where and like connectivity where you'd i'm talking about parents being involved with what the young people are doing with with us not with each other oh gotcha okay right so the parents are less involved in what you do more involved are more involved in what you right you see see them at youth games but kind of the helicopter parent 100 percent. okay it's at an all-time high i could see that right and and there's a there's a ton of reasons why it's you know the the internet Mm -hmm. uh, social media i think it's it's a lot easier to communicate Uh, sometimes when you see people on social media or you see them out and about there's this there's this feeling that you're closer than you really are Mm -hmm. Uh, there's very so you're saying things you normally wouldn't there's just fewer boundaries. Yeah. Like parents will question coaches more than ever because we're in the age of inquiring minds want to know. I, I, I think, therefore, I should say. Yeah. Like that, that's just where we're at. So, like, you have to really uh, – you have to get out ahead of it. Well, and, and there's also, I think, this part of it where the Internet, for all of its wonderful things, and to a certain degree – 
this is a po- that's as somewhat positive, mm-hmm. but there's been a de-emphasis on expertise. Uh, yeah, because I, like, well, at its core, I think the word is respect. Whether it's coaches respecting their profession and holding up their end of the sure. deal, which can help garner trust and nip it in the bud before you get people mm-hmm. that feel like you're not an expert. It's 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 parents respecting what the coaches do. It's respecting boundaries. It's it's respecting and guarding your words. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it. I think the core word it starts with for me is is respect. And I tell people, and anybody that that's known me, especially over the last six seven years, as I've really kind of dialed in on on who and and who I am, what I want to do, how I want to parent. Mm-hmm. And I mean this with with the utmost love, right? Because I think this is a key. <laughs> Go where you're celebrated and not tolerated. Mm, yeah. If you, yeah. If, you, if you feel like you're being tolerated, go find something else different to do. I mean, we just saw that with Chip Kelly. Listen. Right? Go find something else different to do. Go where you're celebrated and not tolerated. And and that goes for players. Mm-hmm. That goes for parents. That goes for coaches on coaching staffs across the board. I mean, that goes for relationships too, right? Well, listen. It's, it's, I mean, it's lock stock, baby. Like it is a, it's, it's kind of a universal. It's, it's, it's lock stock, and it's all inclusive. Because I mean, look what we just saw with Chip Kelly, right? Yeah, they kept him at UCLA this year. He very much was being tolerated, yeah, yeah. not celebrated. He goes to be the OC at Ohio State. I don't know if he's celebrated, but it's a much better and, and you, position. And I think for you, him. Can, I think you can feel it. Yeah, I, I think you can feel it. And. No, there's like just, when you're being tolerated, there's a burden on you. And and sometimes, like if you're going to be the receiver, mm-hmm. y- you don't want to do the tolerating either. No. There, there were a handful of kids. Now, I can say this because I'm not using any names. A handful of kids that were going to be on the – that have been on the move at the high school level. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, our high school was in the discussion. Hey, we'd like to go to school blank. X, Y, Z, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if you're going to be hearing from us. Like, I heard you guys want to come here, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't think. You <laughs> Maybe it's not a good fit. Not a good fit. So, uh, like, it, you know, all these pe- people end up at other places and stuff like that, and that's cool because I want you ultimately want young people to flourish. You mm-hmm. Go do what you want to do. But, um, you know, freedom of choice doesn't mean, you know, freedom of consequences either. Sure. So it's like. The more you can set those boundaries, I just think the better off everybody will be. Usually, freedom of choice means greater consequences. Everybody. It, it, it means accepting consequences. Sure. It's like it's like the transfer portal. I mean, it's like it's the it's, great it's, power, it's, great responsibility it, thing, right? It, right? It's the transfer portal, right? Yeah. That's why the transfer portal never bothered me. Yeah. It, it giveth. And it take it away. The the very first thing Coach Rule said where I wanted to air dap high five him, mm-hmm. I didn't know him from a can of paint. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I said, hey, listen, man, it gives players empowers players. Right. You got you got you got to take what comes with it though. Yeah, I mean, there's it's you're making an adult decision at that point, right? Yeah, I think. Um, and and it, does noise, it does always mean a safe landing. Yeah. Right. It, you're gonna have adult consequences. Yeah. Right. You you can get paid and you can get you can be compensated for your services. Uh, people can also reserve the right to say, hey, you know what? You're not holding up your end of the deal. Time to go. This might not be for you. 
you know, there's a, I'm see, I'm okay with that. Right. I, I really am. You don't you just don't get to have both sides of it, right? Yeah, you don't because a, what it's what it's gonna teach people to do is to stop um don't be so knee jerkish, right? Yeah. Just think things through. I know this is it doesn't feel like a good spot right now. It's kinda not vibing. Give it some time. I mean it's the grass is always greener thing, right? Like it's people always assume that a different situation is better. Not always. A lot of people often assume a different situation mm-hmm. is better. When a lot of times that's not the case. You just can't see the flaws in the other situation. Yeah. When you're in the nitty gritty, it's kind of like you can't see the forest through the trees. 100%. And, you know, speaking on this topic, because we were from Glenn Thomas yesterday. Yeah. Right? That, that's, he's the one that got me rolling. Yeah. On this whole, well, <laughs> this whole little eight minute thing right here. So the thing that I kind of took away, the biggest thing I took away from his little uh, press conference yesterday, it's not little, it's like 20 minutes. Long. And, we'll, and we'll, we'll play some bites for you. Yeah. Was the the dynamic between him and Marcus Satterfield? Mm-hmm. Because you you want to talk about being celebrated versus tolerated? If are you going to use that now? You can. Yeah, I, I'm stealing it. Just, just all all good in the neighborhood. Adopting it. We're boys. It's a cool feeling. You know what I mean? Um, I used to say you don't want to be somewhere where you're people make wanted. you feel like you're hard to love. Yeah, that's what I used to say. Um, which is, I think, the same thing, right? Um, but doesn't sound as cool on a T-shirt. Yeah, it's a little more like it's a little more like on the therapy couch than it is like a, talk, a sports talk show. Stop staring at me, Shane. It's more this, this, and this. Did he get a high, Did he get a booster seat? I feel like I can see him through the window. <laughs> I know you said I look much thinner, Shane, but I didn't get any taller. Oh, you guys want to talk about him? That's so what I should I shouldn't be able to see you. <laughs> I haven't gotten any taller since like eighth grade. It's fine. That's all right. Um, I was I was an early grower, and then it's just like we're done here. <laughs> Um, Too much testosterone. My dad's like 5'3". I'm, I'm lucky I got this tall. Does, does my seat warmer count as a booster seat? I think it might, yeah. I think it boosts you up there. You got a couple extra inches there, bud. Wowzer. Uh, anyway, Glenn Thomas was talking at a press conference. And the, the thing that I thought was the most interesting was him kind of describing his relationship with Coach Satterfield. Mm-hmm. Because it would be really easy to be sat right now and feel like you're being tolerated, not celebrated if you're listening to what's happening on the outside, right? Because I think that's how most fans, quote-unquote, view Marcus Satterfield. They are tolerating him for another year. Right, right, right. Now that, yeah, good point. So this will be all – this that, that line will be all-inclusive for a long time. Yeah, probably. <laughs> right? Yeah, I get the sense where you could make the case for, for, for Coach Sat feeling like that. Because I've heard – Shane, did I kick myself out? I've heard people – You're back. Clamoring not just for uh, – you know, not just for Glenn Thomas, which I feel like we knew was happening well before it happened. Isn't out. there a Glenn Thomas like the Eagles or the Doors? Or I think Purdue? Glenn Fry. Anything about Rob Thomas? Who's he? Matchbox 20. I went to school with Rob Thomas. Track. Yeah, and he doesn't think smooth Gosh, with Santana, he was, though. He was gifted. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> he was. He and Steve Gort. Anyway. But. You, you kind of got the sense with people clamoring for Glenn Thomas, for people clamoring for the Dana Holgerson thing, for whatever, that Satterfield, at least externally, was being tolerated, not celebrated. Mm. And, but you, then you go listen to Coach Rule. You listen to what Glenn Thomas said about their working relationship and how, they, uh, how he views Sat. And it, it is kind of... It, it's a little unusual for me because you have to really trust someone to be okay with that position. 
Like, and it, I know they'd worked together before, right? Obviously, they had a similar setup at Temple. And, you know, you, you, I kind of just like, okay, that was a long time ago. They've each had a lot of different jobs since then. I'm wondering, okay, how is, is – it'd be really easy if you're Marcus Satterfield to be looking over your shoulder a lot, right, to be being like, oh, is this guy going to start calling plays? Am I like, how long do I have before this is a problem, right? But I think there's a really interesting part in here about the way that Glenn Thomas was talking about Marcus Satterfield. In fact, they've known each other for 20 years. Like, you have to trust somebody so much Mm -hmm. for that not to become dysfunctional in a hurry. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I don't... I would tell our guys is upstairs or whatever, I'm like, doesn't matter. Uh, As long as I feel like they have my best interests at heart, doesn't matter yeah right you 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 want me to play off of you want me to do like just i'm i'm cool right and i think because i do if i i can't work with you if i don't trust you number one Mm -hmm. but if i do that's that's what i'm all in like you could tell me anything right how many times have you changed not changed but whether it's the layout of the show or something you want to talk about or you know over the weekend when we're talking about maybe lineup change or schedule change Mm -hmm. or whatever do I give you any pushback? No. And I say, nah, it's not a good idea. And it's not that I'm being – it's not that you're mowing me down. No. I, 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 I trust the judgment. Now, if I don't, I'd say something. Yeah. And, right. And sometimes you'd be like, oh, let me think about that. Right. For, for, for coaches, mm-hmm. like for Coach Martin to, to come get me in 12, yeah. right, um, he has to trust me because there's stuff that comes with – me being on your staff, some of it good, some of it bad, right? Yeah. You got to be pretty secure in who you are. Mm-hmm. For, for Coach Lamangi to, to come in to Westside, now he'd worked with me before, mm-hmm. right? He asked me to take some roles Yeah. that I was kind of like, ooh, I trust you, so we're rolling with it. Even though it may have been easy for me, and he said it clearly, especially in year one. He goes, hey, I, I want to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. I need you to do your thing, be who you are, and let just just trust me on this, okay? Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, right. So, and if that had come from someone else or a different place, yeah. If right. you had been in a different place in your life, in your or, or him and my connection with him, right? right? Or so, if that request was coming from someone else, that goes over differently. So let me land the plane for you with Coach Rule and Coach Satterfield and and Coach Thomas, mm-hmm. Coach. Rule said about Coach Thomas during his press conference after signing day, he said, it boils down to what? I just trust him. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll go back to the story that I told kind of off to the side that I thought was an interesting disclaimer or a term of in, uh, words of affirmation to, to, to describe Coach Satterfield. I was asking Coach Rule about Coach Sat. I just met these guys and some of the other guys had been in the school. And, and Coach – rule went into detail about how much he trusted coach sat loyal to the soil first call he made Mm -hmm. i knew that coach rule had called coach sat after the clemson win and he knew right away and he said didn't matter how much he was ready to go Mm -hmm. like they need each other they don't like to spend too much time away from each other yeah and i i it's just interesting right so i went back and 
somehow it came up with Coach Rule again. And, again, he was talking about loyal to the soil, how he trusted him. He said he's done so many things. He's coached O-line. He's done quarterbacks. He's done wide receivers. He's played wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously tight ends. Tight ends. Yeah. And he, and he, but this was interesting. And I said this out loud, and I didn't know if it was a ringing endorsement. But sure enough, as, as last year played out, mm-hmm. having to evolve and change the offense and have some conviction and – not waver because mm-hmm. it had been easy to just be a leaf blowing in the wind oh as an yeah see last year yeah. right and i said you can't get nebraska's progress without getting some of coach satterfield's personality mm-hmm. right for all the things that we're upset with and and, and struggling with his resolve mm-hmm. is ringing through to this team right it's remember i told you rezak said you don't get this life without me in it yeah 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 <laughs> okay that that's right. that that's yeah. that story so he said you know he said coach sad he's, he said he's the type of coach where you could take play calling duties from him tomorrow mm-hmm. and his job isn't going to change one bit yeah and I just, at the time, because I don't know anything, it's, well, I still don't. Mm-hmm. It's February. I'm like, is that a good thing? <laughs> like, that you're using, taking play calling responsibilities. With, but but it's, now that I've watched this whole family dynamic, yeah. Yeah. he's just telling you he's riding, he's riding for the brand. Yeah, he trusts Coach he, Rule implicitly. He, he is riding for the, I can't tell you yeah. how important that is. Yeah. I am for the brand. Well, and that sets the culture for the players, too, because they see that. Hey, right. So I had a I had a crazy conversation with um, with DJ over the holidays, mm-hmm. and it, I'm not gonna get one of the questions. He's like, you know, the one of the he said, DB, let me tell you one of the things I'm struggling with. I see this, 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 and this, and I'm thinking to myself, man, mm-hmm. is he is he for the brand or is he for himself? Mm-hmm. And it's like, there it is again. Yeah. If you're if you're for the, the the brand, it's the it's the name on the front versus name on the back thing, it, right? It like reveals it, and we just talk about it so flippantly and mm-hmm. casually, and uh, uh, hey, man, like family's family, yeah. And ultimately, that's the way that Nebraska has to build this bad boy to offset all the other crazy dynamics of 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 NIL and mm-hmm. the and the transfer portal and what other schools are doing and having a losing record right like you have to hunker down and trust one another what recruits does coach rule gravitate towards the guys that commit to him before proof is in the pudding yep it, it, it's all. It's all the. He said that a bunch of times, right? The guys, uh, right? The guys that the guys that bought into him before the repetition and consistency going. of yep. the message yeah. is the same. And the coaches sound. What other head coach is picking up the phone to give a ringing endorsement of another guy for another job, and it could be at his expense? Yeah. Remember I told you the real magic happened in the 90s when you could cheer for other players and it may be at your own expense? Yeah. Yeah, I got to be able to say, go LP, go. Yeah. Right? You know, T-Phrase has got to be able to say, hey, man, Brooke, man, hey, air dap. Yeah. It's just, it's the real magic happens when you can cheer for other people and it may be at your expense. Mm. Uh, we've Brett, hold on real quick. We're going to. We've only got a minute, about a minute left here before the hard out. So, Brett, stay on the line for us. We will pick you up as soon as we come back. But I want to let you know, coming up on the show today at 8 a.m., we've got the one, the only Kevin Kugler, who uh, does play-by-play for everything. 
845, we've got Greg Anderson. He is a ad expert with uh, Bailey Lowerman. He's their CEO. Uh, we want to talk about some of the Super Bowl ads. And then at 9, we're going to talk to our guy, Matt D. Marinas from the White and Blue Review, a favorite of both DB and mine. Yeah. We will talk to him about Creighton, their upcoming game against Georgetown tonight. And then, of course, we're going to have our first ever heard at hot seat with my guy DB here. We'll see what we can do. That's the show coming up for today. Brett, hold on to the line there on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline, and we will get right back to you here on Herd at Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, of course on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as well. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. That's part of why this transition was so appealing for both sides. And to be quite honest, uh, Sat and I have been together for, or have known each other for 20 plus years, and we've got a great relationship. And I have the most respect for him. He's a great. Uh, uh, football guys got great uh, insight and uh, it really worked well in 2015 and and uh, I respect him for for that transition that that happened at that time and I see it very similar this morning I mean or today uh, we even started some of those conversations as far as schematics and you know some of the foundational stuff this morning and we just kind of hit the ground running it was very smooth we talked kind of the same language so I think that expedites that process as far as us getting ahead you know from a schematic standpoint faster Welcome back to Herd at Sports Radio here on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Shane Schillberg producing for us. I'm Robbie Lula, DB here with me. We are, what is it, Tuesday? Tuesday? Uh, yeah, going Tuesday. up on, on a Tuesday. Tuesday. I went turnt up Tuesday on the uh, oh, you were turned today. Yeah, yeah no, no disrespect because I talked like talk to you mm-hmm. f- over the last five months quite a bit. Yeah. I didn't early see Shane. That's right. I missed Shane. <laughs> I, I really did. I, I'm, I'm glad you're, you know. It was a nice little separation. Yeah, I, I mean. See, I see you still have that and then, then terrible I, facial hair, but <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. I looked at and Mike. then after a few months, I probably did miss you. I looked at Micah last night. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you have a little bit of hair on your lip. Yeah. He's like, you like that? Huh? He's going a little mustache on you? He would ask me if I could set the weight bench up. Yeah? Yeah, he's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, he'll sneak in curls in the morning and takes his okay. little coaching drinks. Okay. We, is, see, I knew I liked that kid. Yeah, he's different. But you heard it again with uh, Coach T. And it's it's strange, isn't it? Because you know what you hate? It's it's funny. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm hearing what I want to hear. Okay. 
Do you not hear, for all the humility and deferring, mm-hmm. doesn't he come across as highly confident? Oh, yeah. There, listen, there's a, difference, <laughs> there's a difference between being humble and not being confident. A lot of people think not being confident makes you humble, uh-huh. and that's not true. <laughs> and a lot of people think you can't be humble and uh, be confident. Uh, that's not true either, right? You can be both. But it's a very fine line to walk, right, of not letting and, – and he talked about this with Sat, where he goes, ego is not part of the equation, mm-hmm. right? I just don't think you can be around Coach Rule. I don't think you can stay around Coach Rule because I think if you're not about that life, you get gone pretty quick. Yeah. Be- and, and honestly, I don't think you would want to stick around. I mean, I've been in places in my life where, like, I wasn't, you know, maybe in the best place. And I wasn't trying to do the whole, like, culture, everybody for everybody thing. And I didn't want to be there. <laughs> Just very keeping long. it 100 out of the gates, right? And like, I didn't yeah. want to be there very long. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I've been – you mentioned the, like, rooting for people. At your own expense. At your own expense. There's not very many people in my life that I'm about that, like, yeah. I, that I'm, I'm like that with, mm-hmm. right? There's – it's a real small number because Robbie likes him some Robbie, right? Like, I that's – I get it. You know, and so – you know, the, the thing that you brought up that is something I've never understood. Never. Because I just can't imagine okay, I'm, uh, now I'm wrapping actually, my mind I'm around kind of the dynamics of that. Because I know some, because you've told me some things about it, right? You mentioned the Tommy and Brooke thing. Yeah. I know that there were people in that locker room uh-huh. that wanted Brooke to start. Right. I know there were people in that locker room that wanted Tommy to start. Right. You've literally got two factions in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And it did not matter. Nope. That's the craziest thing in the world to me. Like, to have two very separate opinions. Because, like, anytime you hear about that, it's as part of a conversation of how a season got off the rails. It's like, ah, this group kind of wanted to be with this guy. This other group kind of wanted it to be this guy. And they could never really come together. And the whole thing fell apart. So That's those, the only time you hear that so conversation. Those personal opinions are fine. That's yes. just human nature. But you know what the non-negotiable is if you're going to be a part of that culture? You have, to, you have to still maximize. That's the part to me that is absolutely nuts. Like, you, I don't – that might be the rarest thing that you guys accomplished. Uh, it, it just – it's not – it's not magic if it's all you know. It's not magic, but it is rare. Uh, maybe. Like, that's – I'm sure that there are several businesses – even families, because mm-hmm. it's this is a family dynamic that I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like, if, if if I'm over at, you know, Garden West JCC, mm-hmm. and, you know, my sister is on her second grant from NASA, mm-hmm. I have... Does, I, does she know my uncle? <laughs> she, she actually did get a couple grants from NASA. She's a genius. But anyway... Well, my, my uncle works at NASA. That's what I was asking. <laughs> so, I have to... And, and, and I know my parents may feel a certain way, and I may yeah. joke about her being the golden child or yeah. whatever. But I, I still I root for her. Yeah. Right. Or, um, but that's let, that's let's take let's take my 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 brother right yeah. who who may have wanted to to, I don't know if he ever did or not, but to be married or have the family dynamics, and then look at some other people in our in our household and be like, oh, you know what, I want that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna root for mm-hmm. him or her. Yeah. Like so, I'm talking about a I'm talking about a component like when you. 
when you really want the best for somebody that's usually relegated to family. Mm -hmm. But the closer you have, the closer the culture is to family, Mm -hmm. the better typically the business is run. And that even means the infighting Mm -hmm. where you can't say anything about my brother. Only I can because I'm his brother. Yeah. I can't be over at KB Building Services or, or Nottle Development or, or Mutual of Omaha or, or Lutheran Family Services or, or wherever else and let other people speak bad about the family, outside the family, but internally, like, we can grow each other. That That's just like Nebraska. Like, okay, when, but let me— The, the, the fam—they may be thinking the same things that some of the fan bases are thinking. Yeah. Some parts of the fan base. Oh, my God, I can't believe you called the same play on third and seven where you emptied the backfield mm. and went gun. I can't believe we went shotgun on fourth and short again. Coach Rule isn't going to say that to you. For sure. but, but let's He's going to have that conversation. With, so those yes. characteristics. You handle it in-house. Are still in-house. So let me, let me – I, I think there's – I think there's something here, though, because – the, I think it's rarer than you think it is in families too. Maybe, like I, I think. Oh, I'm sure it's it's it wrote. Yeah, you're probably because right. Because usually, let me let me from a let me go let me go corporate standpoint on you here, right? Usually, when people are are talking about yeah, we're a family, mm-hmm. they use that to excuse toxic behavior. Okay, so not like Sister Sledge or no, 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 okay. not not we. Uh, fam- oh, no, okay. not, not not that. They use a lot of times in corporate or non-family situations, they use the term, oh, we're a family to excuse their own toxic behavior because it's like, oh, we're a family. So, yeah, I'm going to ask you to work 80 hours a week with no extra compensation or I'm going to ask you to do X, Y and Z. That's not part of your job description. Or I'm going to ask you to pick up the slack for somebody we fired because we don't feel like hiring somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Like they use the, oh, we're a family. You got to you got to help out here. To excuse toxic behavior. You know what's funny? Yeah. God, this is from a, this again from a sports standpoint. Just Friday night, I'm watching the hoops game with one of our assistant coaches, mm-hmm. and he had to leave a little bit early because he's got two young girls and and uh, his his wife's a nurse. So anyway, so he's leaving, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm like, hey, you know, coach, right later, whatever. So a couple of minutes later, he sends me a a, a tweet from a, a high school, another high school. Mm-hmm. So a competitor, mm-hmm. in essence. Yeah. And he goes, "Do you think we should do this?" And, and I'll show you the tweet. Any no, here I can just say I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so the the tweet was, "Hey, can we help you be developed?" And he they did like this tweet of of all these players going to college. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to play with or against them and, and, and yeah. you know, kids, whatever. And I, and I text him back. I go, I want to like and retweet that so bad. Mm-hmm. But it would look awkward coming from, coming from another school. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And he gives me kind of the question marks. And I'm like, I admire it. Yeah. Defend yourself. Ride for the brand. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Like I, I thought. It, I was like, "Hey, man! Like, clap! Like, I. That's the ultimate clapback." And and it and I want and I didn't have the courage. I, I didn't have the courage to openly 
like it. To even, endorse it. Even though I'm like, yeah, man, like that that's that's I would do that too. Here's where it gets tricky is when people people often will ask you to ride for the brand when they're riding for themselves. Uh, that's have, where yeah, it gets toxic. That's where you need to surround yourself with people that are that are smarter than you. You do. And, you, and I tell people all the time, man, stop seeking counsel from the less wise. And that's where the trust comes in. <laughs> the problem is a lot of people are not that trustworthy. Well, the good guy at the club can't be asking the, the married guy how to, how to you know, operate at the club. And vice versa, right? And vice versa is certainly true. We'll wrap up hour number one. Coming up next. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I think something unique that's, you know, from my my background, if you will, I've I've been in Division Two ball and I've been in, you know, NFL probably half my career. So I've kind of seen both ends of of the highest level of quarterback coach and then, you know, coaching an eighteen year old freshman. So I think you gotta find that line of where are they at and try to meet them at that line and then raise the raise the ceiling from there. So um, I think that has benefited me through my career, and that's what we're going to t- try to start to do you know, as we start this process moving forward, and that kind of starts this week, really, to be quite honest. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrapping up our number one here on Herd at Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. Want to remind you real quick, that's DB, I'm Ravi Lula. The your Omaha Mavericks men's basketball team trying to win themselves a conference title. Have a couple big games this week. You and oh, <laughs> I know you're a big Omaha guy. You already know. I stopped the little dude Sunday. Yeah, this kid's probably nine years old. <laughs> he plays for this itty bitty junior. I think it was Junior Mustangs because they were in all blue. They yeah. were the little, they were the little guys playing so, after us. So the good ones, the Junior it, Mustangs. Oh, stop. <laughs> hey, little dude had on a. Uh, Omaha hat, like yeah. a stocking cap, and, okay. and I'm team stocking cap number one. Yep. It, it was it had the big O number yep. two, and on the back it had the the hockey sticks crossed. Nice. I was like, hey man, you <laughs> you don't know me from Adam, but I love your gear. <laughs> this little dude looked up at me like. Stranger danger, stranger gonna, danger. <laughs> you look at you and be like, I am not getting in your van. Hey. Um, <laughs> I, listen, I'm all in on the Mavs. The man. Mavs have South Dakota on the 15th. That's Thursday. They've got SDSU, who's leading the summit right now, on Saturday. 
Both are 7 p.m. tip-offs at Baxter Arena. Go to omavs.com to get your tickets. Go support the Mavericks and see what they're doing. Man, you got to go see Frankie Fiddler, if nothing else. Hey, so That dude's a bucket. Like, go watch this team. Coach Crutch has them going. Like, they're trying to win the Summit, trying to get their first ever NCAA tournament bid. Go out and support the squad. Uh, humble, like, humble brag. I, you know me. Been in on Frankie Fiddler from day one. Oh, even, yeah. Even in high school. Yeah, no, I, I know. And and, I, and people didn't understand it. They're like, oh, you know, this, that, and the other. I said, I don't care about any of that. Mm-hmm. Off the dribble, whatever. I said, you know my favorite thing about Frankie Fiddler? Every time he steps on the court, he's trying to give it to you. Yeah. He is the ultimate competitor. And it wasn't always easy for him. Yeah. Right? It wasn't rainbows and butterflies in his personal life. He's the younger brother of another good player mm-hmm. in the same – like, there's lots. And every time <laughs> – I remember watching him and John Tonjes and – and a, like, there was a – right cell was part of that deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Polk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were some guys with some swag yeah, that some were playing in the Metro, mm-hmm. and th- he just refused to take a back seat. Yeah. And I'm like – Go ahead, then, Frankie. You're my dude. <laughs> you know, it kind of reminds me not to not to you know play nepotism here, but the first few times I saw Caleb play football live, yeah. I was like, oh, he's out to mess people up. Like he's <laughs> he's out there, like you said, he's out there to give it to you. Yeah, he's, like he's not out there just to play football. He's not out there to win. He's out there to give it to you. He's a quietly. He's a means. He's a, I, I he's don't, a killer. I don't worry about him. No, like that dude. I that's the thing that I didn't know about him. You know, because he doesn't talk. Well, because he doesn't talk, and like seeing him live versus seeing him on TV is a different vibe. I agree. Like it was a that was the biggest thing I learned about him this year. I was like, oh no, he's an assassin. Yeah. Like that's that's a um, I, I can I can ride with that dude. And I'm and I'm thinking I'm like, okay, Nebraska's putting themselves in position to make their postseason run. Mm-hmm. Creighton had arguably their most impressive win. Uh, especially on the road, which nobody appears to be able to do at a, at a high level. Isn't it crazy? It's wild. I was going back and forth with my butt. Uh, I was talking to DeGenera Aaron, and he's like, I can't remember how he asked me, but he said something about, oh, it was Nebraska was playing on the road. Oh, gosh. And I think it was, I think it was Northwestern. I, I, yeah, something like that. But anyway, yeah. he's like, man, what is going on? Can we finally get one on the road? And I'm like, nah, probably not. I'm like, look, buddy. <laughs> no. I kind of here full disclosure. I felt decent about that game. Yeah, that was the worst one. <laughs> that might have been the worst one. So you know what I didn't expect? Yeah, I didn't think they were gonna stop doing the little, like the careless stuff. Yeah, it's casual with the basketball. Man, and Northwestern the bad turnovers. So many passing lanes in that game. I thought it was Oboy from Memphis. <laughs> Did you watch Memphis this weekend? And he had like seven steals, and they were clean. Yeah. They were like stepping into passing yeah, lanes. I'm like, like oh, what is? Mine. I'm like, what are you? What are you doing? But anyway, <laughs> a little pass fake goes a long way. <laughs> so we're, you know, as they're setting themselves up, and and the summit is gettable this year. It is. It is. Nobody's. No, I don't think there's like SDSU isn't dominant. No. That's not one of those. You know, that's not one of those teams that you're looking at the NCAA tournament, and being like, oh man, I'm picking them in an upset in the first round. You know, so it's like. You know, nobody's nobody's streak in the conference is greater than two, whether it's wins or losses. Mm-hmm. So that just lets you know, man, any night out. It is a, it's a well-balanced conference What's with the road thing, though? I don't is, know. Is it I, Animal, Hawk? I what would, a rush. 
it's just hard to be road worse. Well, and I wonder, I wonder, and maybe I'm grasping here because I'm just sort of thinking about this as we're talking. I, I, Are you traumatized still about the Niners at Allegiant Stadium? No, I mean, listen, that that it doesn't matter where it happened. I'm traumatized because of Patrick Mahomes, not because of where they played the game. By the way, when we spent our little 60 seconds yesterday talking about Romo, which had nothing to do with anything because it wasn't a Romo venting session, I didn't. Do you know real time? I didn't know what he did. I didn't know he. I didn't know he trampled over the the ending of the game. He does well. I didn't. It was. It was. It was trending. I didn't know because I saw an article yesterday. Yeah. That he may be done, and I was like, "What happened?" Because even De Marinas, who we'll talk to, yeah, he kind of like kept it moving because we're like, obviously, we're group texting, obviously, or we're group texting during the game. Yeah, he goes, "Gosh, he was fine for a half. I don't know what happened." No, he fell apart in the second half. But I don't. But I didn't in real time. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk to Kugler. I don't know. He won't speak bad about a a peer probably. But we both we he, can ask him about the proper dynamics of how that's supposed to play out. So I was so disgusted that it happened, mm-hmm. I didn't even pay it any mind. Mm. Like real time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, I, I wasn't like, ooh, he probably should have laid out for that and let the Chiefs fan, like he probably robbed them of, like I didn't think that real time. Yeah. But boy, our people were livid. I didn't think about it at all because I was just... You're mad too, right? Yeah, I'm mad because of how yeah. the game ended, yeah. and so I'm not listening to him at all. Right. Like, I, it does, I, like I don't even remember... Like I, I'm sure you're right, and I remember him stepping on Nance the rest of the entire broadcast. Yeah. What's so, up? So, uh, real quick, par, uh, we'll be up there in Omaha first week of March. Oh, to, nice. Uh, talk the west side. So. Oh, is, is that right? Come on down. Da, 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 da. Yeah, Parker. Parker. The the main push is Parker said that he saw. Congratulations, Micah got invited to that homegrown camp, and he said, uh, "Yeah, if we lived in Omaha, I could get invited too." Yeah, look, o- like, always looking for a quality quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, just to hype on him real quick, he did dunk it in a seventh grade basketball game. Oh my goodness! Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, uh, let, 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 let me know when you get in town. <laughs> I just was thinking, like, when you guys, my mind went this way on that coaching talk. Like, I feel like that's more of an external conversation on coaching, right? The criticism on Satterfield or rules trust because of the culture we live in. Like, it's not okay anymore to say I'm good at something Mm. and I trust this dude to do his job because I'm secure with myself. And I'm kind of good at what I do. Yeah. So I'm going to surround myself with good people, and that's on us. Plus, we, we live in a culture now that's like, let's talk about it instead of just being about it. And it seems like with Coach Rule, Coach Satterfield, we're really successful coaches at any level. They'd rather just say, hey, I trust this dude. I love him. He's one of us. And then we're just going to be quiet and go to work. Mm. And that's kind of a thing that we're – we're missing, and that's on like us as fans, I think, more, or media, to keep clamoring and hammering coaches. I think that's why some coaches just leave. Yeah. Because it turns into a toxic environment or kids because it's like, dude, I'm putting the work in. I just, this guy's better. I'm not getting my shot. And they're like, I don't want to deal with it anymore. I'm out. Mm. Like, that's, that's where I think 
the the misses when we, when we look at like the why. 100%, man. And let me know when you get into town. Real quick on that with Coach Rule. Yeah. When he brought the whole group in to see CJ mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago, the conversation had gone on for probably 15, 18 minutes, maybe even longer. Mm-hmm. And he, there was like this weird silence, and he said, there was a little bit of a segue, and he goes, hey, make no mistake, we're going to win at the highest level. I believe in this, 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 and this, and this guy in the room. Make no mistake, we will win. I don't know. Let's talk about why I think um, this is going to happen. And the whole dynamic of the conversation changed. Coming up next, we've got Kevin Kugler, who does what he does at a pretty high level as yeah. well. The best. Here on Herd at Sports Radio. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Throws over the middle, floats it high, and it's intercepted! Picked off by Derek Barnes! The former Purdue Boilermaker with the biggest interception of his life! Sealing the deal for the Detroit Lions! Kicking off hour number two here on Herd at Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. I'm Ravi Lula, DB here with me. Joining us on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline is Kevin Kugler, who does play-by-play for just about everything. Kevin, how are you this morning? Ravi, I'm great. I, I have a few concerns. Um, okay. And, I'm, and, I'm, and mainly they center around you, and I'm, I'm kind of worried. The new guy that you brought on. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm taking I don't a big wanna, risk here. <laughs> I don't want to spread any rumors, but at one point, at one point, I heard he killed someone. So I just wow. Want to make sure you've been you're sitting aware on that for ten years. Of, of the background that you're dealing with here with this individual. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's true. I heard it on the radio one time, and I. Just it's stuck with me ever since. It's you know, and I've watched his meteoric rise, and I hear him in the booth, and I think oh, you know, is Greg Sharp in trouble? Is Robbie in trouble? What do we have here? So like, I just really, I, I, it's it's my job to warn the people that are closest to him oh, that at one point he apparently killed someone. So that's that's me? all I'm going to say. Well, Kevin, I well, I can't. <laughs> That's what we're on this morning. Okay. okay. I, I appreciate the okay. heads up. I appreciate the concern. That's what I've got Shane here for. Stop encouraging him. Shane's here to protect me in case something goes down. Shane's in tears over there. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I've always said about Shane is if I am in trouble, I want Shane there in my corner to protect me. That's what I'm hoping for. I mean, you know, prototypical build of a bodyguard over there, I think. I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Still, still He's sit- sneaky fast. Yeah. Yeah. He's sneaky fast. Still sitting on phone books over there. I think wiry is the term we like to use. For people yeah, yeah, that's good. K2, I know you're the, the, the consummate pro, right? Obviously, well, the, best in the, the best, in the, <laughs> best in the business at what you do. But 
How easy or hard is it? Like when you're listening to broadcasts, especially on big stages, because I miss I, and I usually don't, but I miss the whole last play of the game at the Super Bowl, right? And and I was too busy worrying about like how'd you get open or did you take the ball first? I I missed what happened with that exchange. But then I read social media yesterday, and it was still trending well in to last night real time as a guy that does what you do did you were you thinking was that cringy for you it wasn't cringy I mean it's look everybody's style is different and everybody's partnership in the booth is different and so you're gonna have Romo is an excitable individual and you know Nance was Nance was ready he was on the call and Romo pounced a little quicker than I probably would have loved as a play-by-play guy, but those two, those two like each other. They get along while they love each other. They said so at the end of the broadcast. So, I mean, I, I am assuming that all is well. Um, I just, I, I, you know, it was to be as powerful in the moment as that. And it's not the same event, but we did Purdue Northwestern a couple of weeks ago at Mackey Arena. And the place is going crazy, and we didn't talk for 90 seconds. Now, it's not the Super Bowl with 120 million people watching. Yeah. It's a basketball game on a Wednesday night in the Big Ten Conference. <laughs> but the concept is the same. The notion of there are a lot of cool things happening in this building right now. Mm. And I really think since COVID, where I did a season of games with nobody in any building, mm. I really appreciated the crowd more. And I, and I like the idea of, if I'm sitting on my couch at home, is something that's, you know, and I, and, and I sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. But I really do think in big moments that's a cool thing. And if I'm a fan, I'm hooping and hollering on my couch or in my living room. I'm not really paying attention to what's being said on the broadcast. So it's almost better for you as a broadcaster to get your point across if the hooping and hollering has died down a little bit before you jump in and say, what you're going to do. They weren't going to go right off the air. You never at the end of a play like that go, and that'll do it. Goodbye. (laughs) You're going to have time to analyze it. You know how consistent you are? I remember this is probably 07, maybe 08, and I'm I'm picking your brain, and you said, general (laughs) rule of thumb, if you don't have anything to enhance the the broadcast, don't say it. (laughs) And I was like, well, and, or, or, and then you said, give, give people a reason mm-hmm. for the cutaway. Yeah. <laughs> like, if well, not, I mean, then if, don't do if, it. If you are, if you are someone now radio, this is a little harder to do because if you just go and Mahomes rolls out throws, and then you just stop because the crowd's going nuts. That, that doesn't quite work. Cause the guy in the car is going, what happened? Why are you not telling me? <laughs> but on TV, a little bit more, you know, that's, it's all so subjective. And you saw that in the reviews and in the commentary. I, I really thought Tony Romo and Jim Nance had a fine broadcast. I, my gosh, I can't even imagine a stage with 120 million people watching. In week six this year, yeah. we had a game with 26 million people watching, and it was the most watched game since the Super Bowl. And it's that was, what, six times the amount of people <laughs> watching that game? It's absurd. It's insane. It's the last communal event we have as a society. I saw like everybody watches the Super Bowl, and it's really cool. But in that, But because of that large communal event – everybody's going to have an opinion. I think nine out of the top 11 or eight out of the last – the Super Bowl wasn't included, so it's eight out of the last ten most viewed things in 
the, in North America were eight of them were NFL related. Does that it? Uh, how did the, that happen? The NFL is the NFL is the biggest thing in the world. Well, in, in at least our world, mm-hmm. I realize there's a larger world past North America, but it's the biggest thing that we have in the United States as a sports crazed society. And I'm sure it's gambling related. I'm sure there's gambling ties to it, but it is, it is, here's, here's the thing we are. And I've always believed this with football, mm-hmm. which is what I think makes, has, gives football staying power. We as a busy and now ADD type society have the attention span of a gnat. So we want something that we can, I can focus on football one day. I can commit Sunday or Saturday, depending on what my flavor of football is. And then I don't have to think about it the rest of the week if I don't want to as a fan. Mm. I go about my week. I deal with my family. I deal with my wife, the cat, the dog, you know, tracking down murderous sports talk hosts, anything you want to do. You, you spend your week doing that, and then you come back to football on a Sunday, and you're like, all right, I can spend three hours on this football game, and then I'm done again. You can commit as much time or as little time as you want to it. I love baseball. You know that. But yep. baseball is 162 games. That's a novel. You've got to spend a lot of time on your novel. Basketball is an 82-game season in the NBA. That's a long time to commit, and half the time you're not sure who's actually playing on any given night. It's just there's a long <laughs> season ahead, and football is something that you can spend one day a week on and be done with it. Football is the, the TikTok video of, of the sports calendar, basically, is what you're it saying. It is. It is. It's really, it's really a, hey, I'm going to watch football, and then I'm done. And it's the perfect thing for us as a – and look, even as you're watching the game, you can be watching TikTok because there's a burst of activity mm-hmm. and then there's a lull. Mm-hmm. Oh, time for a video. Burst of activity, lull. I mean, it's a great sport anyway, but it's the perfect sport for what we've evolved in as a consuming public. You, we're Go talking ahead. to Kevin Kugler, play-by-play voice of everything. Um <laughs> Kevin, I will say it's, it is a little bit easier for you because you've never really worked with a super excitable pl- color commentator, you know, like Nick Bosbury reserved. <laughs> so it's probably you, you haven't had the challenges that, that Jim Nance has, right? No, I mean, it's, it's, it, it was, it's, uh, it's easier now. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I've worked, I've worked with great former Husker kickers before. That, that's sometimes a challenge. Wow. Um, I've, hey, I've l- l- lunch is off. <laughs> it's a wrap. Uh, no, it, you know what? It, it's everybody's excitable in their own way, which is which is great. I, you know, I work with Mark Sanchez 18 weeks out of the year, and Mark brings a youthful exuberance and energy to the booth that few match, in my opinion. And I and, and I love him, and I love him for it, and I love working with him. We spend a third of our year together. Mm-hmm. I mean, Damon Damon can tell you. Imagine spending a third of your year with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be, <laughs> yeah, that'd be painful. Yeah. I, it would be a very painful. My wife can attest to that. She's like, oh, it's August. Please leave and go do football somewhere. But but so how I don't co- have to see you anymore. How cool is it though? And I this is I'm not like going to ask you to fawn over yourself, but generally speaking, I, I, we and we said this in like the first sec second segment like when you're good at what you do and like you're secure it gives you versatility in terms of who you're working with like you've gone you can do Lofton or Malone or or Sanchez and you're like the you're the barometer right the compass so you've got to kind of set the 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 tenor do you embrace that like is that fun is it 
or is this like, oh, it gives me another chance to test my skills? Because all those aforementioned are very different. Oh, yeah. No, look, the, the, the joy for me. I mean, Bardo's not is, Hummel. Like, you know. No, no. The joy for me is being able to adapt what I do to best serve the needs of my analysts, especially on the TV side. Uh, radio is so much different because play-by-play on radio, radio is a play-by-play person's game. So I have to tell you more because there's not a score bug. You don't have pictures. I have to explain more of what's happening from a nuts and bolts standpoint, not from a scheme standpoint. That's their job. But from a nuts and bolts standpoint, I got to tell you the score. I got to tell you where the ball is. I gotta, so the versatility has to come on the TV side for me because like you said, Stephen Bardo is not Robbie Hummel, is not Nick Baugh, is not Mark Sanchez, is not whoever. Yeah. And one of the things I've always wanted to be able to be is versatile, whether it's versatile in the ability to call a bunch of sports or versatile in my ability to work with whomever I'm in the chair with. And what can I do to make them better? Because if they're better, the whole broadcast is better. And that's really the goal for me. The goal is always to make sure that the audience – is served. Did the audience get to see what they needed to see? Did they see the pictures? Did they you know, understand what happened in the game? Did the analysts get the chance to tell them why this or that was working? And if we walk away from it and that's happened, then it's a successful broadcast for me. That's the thing you always have to keep in mind is, yeah, this is all an ego play for all of us. We love, you know, having the chance to be on these games and it's a really cool thing and I couldn't, I can't even imagine, I couldn't have imagined being able to do what I've been able to do when I was just starting out, it's but it. it's all, but it's all about the audience. You have to be able to, if, if they're not served by the broadcast, then it's not the broadcast you should have done. Now maybe tonight isn't a, isn't a great example, but it is dollar beer night. And, and I know Georgetown. I will can, not have any beer. Thank you, David. <laughs> I know Georgetown limps in, right, with, with the lone yeah. Big East win. And so maybe being on the road isn't a thing. But you're in all these arenas. You're talking about being appreciative of the crowd since COVID. And maybe it's the portal. Maybe it's the fact that we got accustomed to not playing in front of big crowds. But it has progressively gotten more difficult to win on the road. It is an, at an all-time low this year, especially in college basketball, you're there. You're feeling the environment. Do you see environments wear on players? Do you see it get aware? Do you just think it's just simply more competitive? Well, I do think there is much more of a level competition, especially in the college basketball world, than we've seen in years past. And I think the transfer portal has been a big reason why you have teams that can get old quickly without actually having to go through the process of getting old. Nebraska got old quickly with a lot of new faces. They're an example of a team that obviously has not been able to win on the road, but they're an old team, and so they're able to get old. We see it with Purdue. They've gotten old the old-fashioned way. We see it with Northwestern. They have an old guard, which really helps anybody in the world of college basketball. I just The crowds are great. And the road thing is very weird this year because mm. it just—it is just a—it's a—it's a and, and I, our mutual friend Joel and I joke about this all the time. Every time something happens, we'll text each other and say, "Hard to win on the road in the Big Ten because it is. <laughs> it's just incredibly hard to win on the road in the Big Ten, and and it's and it's a weird phenomenon. And I and it's and it's really throughout college basketball this year. Top ten teams going on the road against an unranked foe have a really low winning percentage. It's in the 40. I think it's in the 40s. It's in the 40 percentile. It's in the 40s. And in the last five years combined, it's been like 78%. So this year, 
it's been a, it, and I want to say it's an anomaly, but I don't know that it is because I don't think we see dominant teams right now in college basketball. And I don't know that we're going to see dominant teams on the horizon. The transfer portal spreads talent. You know, you're sprinkling the talent throughout college basketball. Mm. So if you're that guy who waits behind Hunter Dickinson, for example, Terrace Reed at Michigan waited behind Hunter Dickinson to have a chance to play, and he's starting to develop the way big men used to develop. Slow, steady steps, climbing a ladder. But those guys don't stay now. You know, if you're, if you're waiting behind Hunter Dickinson – after a freshman year, you're like, you know what, I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere else. And so that talent that would have developed at Michigan maybe develops at Duke or maybe it develops at Nebraska or somewhere else. Now, Reed stayed, but there's a lot of examples of guys like him who don't stay anymore because there's just no reason to. Somebody's going to see you and go, hey, I'll give you 200 grand if you come here. Okay, great. I'm going to go over there, make 200 grand, and develop there. All right. That's mm. the free market that we've established right now in college basketball. But I do think it has a tendency to level the playing field much more significantly than anything we've ever seen in college hoops. Kevin, I'm, I'm curious what you think about Ed Cooley and Georgetown. I, I know one of my, I don't know if concerns, but thoughts about when he made that move was, okay, is he going to be able to upgrade his recruiting at a place like Georgetown and have access to greater talent, or is this just kind of the guy he wants? Obviously in season one, things have not gone uh, anywhere close to probably how he planned for. Uh, what do you think the future in terms of his trajectory at Georgetown holds is after seeing how much he struggled in his first year? I, I do think there is an upward trajectory after this year. I really do. I, I think they are set financially. I think there's a ton of financial support behind Ed Cooley, not just in his salary, but in his ability to go get players. And so he's going to have the chance to get whoever he wants. Now, there's no guarantee that they're going to go there, but he's going to have a real fighting chance to draw in players, and that's step one in the current environment of college basketball. You've got to be able to draw players in with whatever NIL money needs to be there, and I'm convinced, talking to people around the Georgetown program, that that money is there. That money is there, and it can be there to help Ed Cooley. I think Ed Cooley is a fantastic basketball coach. I think he's a He's adaptable to the times. I think he's adapted his style for what you need to reach the current athlete, especially in this environment. I think he's incredibly smart. And I don't know too many people outside of the Providence area that don't like Ed Cooley. I mean, he's just an incredibly likable individual, again, outside of Providence, Rhode Island. But I really think that is a recipe to get Georgetown to whatever level Georgetown can be. Now, I don't know what that level is anymore. That's that program bottomed out, and they may have waited a year or two too long to make the move with Patrick Ewing. But, again, that's the challenge when you hire a legend is what do you do with him when it doesn't go well? It was one of the reasons I never wanted the Cubs to hire Ryan Sandberg as their manager because I never wanted to see Ryan Sandberg get fired. You know, one of your childhood heroes gets shown the door, and that's the case for a lot of Georgetown people. None of them wanted to see Patrick Ewing fail. I mean, you know, I think Nebraska fans can relate to this in a certain way about a guy coming home and not wanting him to fail and then ultimately seeing it fail. So there's, there's, a, there's a level you can get to with Georgetown. Is it where Coach Thompson had them as national title contenders? I don't know. It's a different Big East. It's a different college landscape. But I do think Ed Cooley can get them certainly better than they are right now. Can you, do you get a feel 
because we're going to get into this conversation later, especially with regards to kind of like players of the year. And, and we talked briefly yesterday about conference strength. Can you get a feel when you're doing these broadcasts from, from, from top to bottom conference talent? I, I tried to make the case that maybe I know most people have like the Big East, let's say fifth or sixth, right, in their ranking. But if you get rid of, you know, Georgetown and you got two bottom feeders, right, that pull the conference down. or Correct. Georgetown and DePaul. It, it, or, you know, if you can you get a feel when you're watching broadcasts over overall conference strength? Here, and, and here's the challenging thing. Yes and no. Okay. For example, let's stack these two together. Let's stack the Big East against the Big Ten. Each conference has a team at the top that I think could win a national championship. I think Purdue fixed some of the deficiencies that they had last year that knocked them out as a one seed in the 16. They, they can hit the three now. They can hit outside shots when Edie is post-trapped and doubled. They can, it, they can get it outside and hit shots. They've got Lance Jones, who's a terrific defender, as well as a slasher and a scorer. So they've got a lot of those pieces that they didn't necessarily have when the recipe was found last year in the tournament to beat them as a 16 seed. So you stack those two. UConn, I think, is the best team in college basketball right now. Purdue is a very close second. You've got those two teams right at the top of the list. Mm. Then you look at the middles, the second and third teams in the league. Illinois versus, you know, look at the Big East's top two or three, Marquette, Creighton, whoever you think is that team that goes into the mix at the end of the season. Michigan State's in the middle. The, the big middles. Do you like a Providence versus a Michigan State? Do you like a Providence versus a Wisconsin? How do you stack the middles together? Because to me, that's where conference strength lies. And I realize we don't have equal numbers in these two conferences to go apples to apples. Right. But where do you take the middle of the Big Ten and stack it up against the middle of the Big East? If you've taken out the top one or two teams and said, all right, these two teams are great, these two teams are great, let's set them aside. What about the middle? I don't know that the Big Ten has the bottom that the Big East has because Georgetown and DePaul – lose to everybody in the Big Ten on a regular basis, just like they are in the Big East. They're losing, they're losing to Ohio State. They're losing to Michigan, the two teams at the bottom, because those two teams have better talent. What uh, happened in Ann yeah. Arbor and Columbus? Like you, are you not shocked? Yeah. And I get it. Michigan was hurt early, but the, the, the Howard factor has worn really thin the last year and a half. It's, it's been a weird thing to watch. I, I think there's talent there. But the Doug McDaniel thing is just bizarre. I've yeah. never seen anything like a road academic suspension. Uh, it makes no sense to me at all. Andy Katz found out last week that basically Doug has 12 hours a week that he could do basketball. And he does those at home, and then he's on scout team when they prep for road games, and that's it. So when you take a team and you take their leading scorer and the guy who drives the bus and you pull him off and put somebody else in that position on the road – things like what we saw this past weekend in Lincoln happen. You just get annihilated because you're just a totally different team. Ohio State's a puzzler to me. There's talent there. There it's really a, it's is. It's supposed to be a good job. <laughs> yeah, and I, the problem with Ohio State is that that fan base is fickle. They're not showing up right now. They, I mean, it is – and, and look, Thad Mata had some national title contending teams there. Right. And they came for those – but if they weren't in the picture for that, they didn't show up at the regular. We get spoiled around here with Nebraska and Creighton fans who show up every single time to watch their teams play. That's not the case in Columbus. That's not the case in Ann Arbor. Those are schools 
that really are trying to get people in the door and they're not succeeding right now for basketball. That's Kevin Kugler. He's the play-by-play voice for everything. He's You're on the Georgetown Creighton call tonight, right? I am indeed. Uh, Georgetown Creighton tonight, but lunch first maybe with Damon Benning, <laughs> although it sounds like that might be over. Uh, 10.40, shoot around, 10.30. You going to watch? Yeah, I will, we'll go to lunch after the first shoot, and then I'll go down to Creighton shoot, and then I'll put on a suit, and I'll do a game, and then I'll hop on a plane tomorrow, and I'll go do another game. Wow. There you go. See the you soon, champ. Kevin Appreciate Cooper. you. Talk to you soon. He's the man. Coming up next, we got more. Heard at Sports Radio. You're listening to Heard at Sports Radio. Well, this is kind of the first week, you know, signing day was Wednesday. So, you know, coach, let us get out of here for a couple of days, kind of get our feet back on the ground. And this is kind of the start of us pushing forward from, you know, uh, from meetings, from schematic, creating that foundation, figuring out where our guys are at and where we need to build upon. So, you know, we're, we're literally starting play, page one in the playbook. And, and what did we do last year? What worked? What, what guys we have coming back? What are they good at? And then how can we advance, you know, moving forward? We're halfway through the show here on Herd at Sports Radio and 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We are also live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. DB here with me. I'm Ravi Lula. and we You are looking live. We are looking live. Well, if you're on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, you're looking live at us. Who was just show. making the case for Musburger to be an HOFer? Uh, I think... Nance was. I was think. it Nance? I think it was. Yeah, on the it was Nance. Yeah, because he's like he did more for the game than yeah. you know, and growing the game. Is 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 he blackballed? M- Musburger. Yeah. Uh, no, I think he took a deal with like a Vegas casino. No, I understand that, but he's a slam dunk, right? Like, oh, why else wouldn't he be in? Yeah, I don't know that. I mean, it might be because they don't like Shane. That's your guy. No, that was Severe's guy. <laughs> <laughs> But he should be a slam dunk. I mean, why? I mean, I totally agree. But he's not my guy. I associate, and this is probably he, I, an age thing. Robbie took my guy. Who's my? Who's your guy? Because oh, Mus, Musburger was is the play-by-play guy for the Raiders, and was the former Raider guy is the play-by-play guy for the Forty Nine in San Francisco. Yeah. I I always associate I Musburger more with college football. Just, but that's probably an age thing. Yeah. Like he is, he's very prominent college football voice for me. And I don't associate him as much with the NFL. Yeah, so I'm just the opposite because yeah. of CBS Today. Like the mm-hmm. with um, Irv Cross and Musburger yeah. and Jimmy the Greek. And um, I almost referred to somebody's looks, which is I don't <laughs> think you can say in 2024. So. Is, Jimmy, is Jimmy an HOFer? He's not, is he? Jimmy the Greek? Yeah. Didn't, yeah. He, didn't, uh, he get, didn't he have issues, though? He got in a little trouble. Uh, I think – Babe Ruth is the only known – no, Honus Wagner is, like, the only known racist that I know is, like, celebrated in the Hall of Fame. Ah, uh, no, Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb, very <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't remember what his issues Ty are. Cobb was aggressively racist. But here's the thing. I, it was a different time. Is that what you were going to say? Hot take. Is yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think after the Civil Rights Bill was passed, you probably should understand time and place. I, I excused the guys in the 18 and 19, so, early 1900s. Uh, hot take. I actually don't think that's a terribly hot take. Like, yeah. it's still wrong. Right. But I think you do have to take in the context yeah, yeah, like of the I time. Yeah, like I can understand it. Like when I go watch movies from, like, the early to mid-2000s, they say some words in those movies that today it's like, hey – 
don't say that word. You will get canceled. <laughs> you can't say it. It's not a nice word to say. Hey, but you, you go that, back and look at can those. Can you do that delivery again? Hey. Hey. Don't say those words. Jimmy. Um, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, okay, you knew at the time maybe it wasn't the nicest thing to say, but you didn't realize at the right. time how bad it was to say. Like, yeah, like, in 2004, we were saying some words that we shouldn't have said. Hey, so, Shane. As a society. Who's this that had this, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank, that had to sit down? Was it camping? It was, it was somebody that said that why, why the brothers aren't managers, and they were doing the sit down with Ted Koppel. Oh, um, like. It's it, not Bud Kuhn, is it? No. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. That that was the commissioner, right? Yeah, at one point. Okay. But can those, like, know. are those guys Bud, HOFers? Bud Kuhn sounds like a, the name of a guy that would be racist. I don't know. Do, do you remember who I'm talking to? It was, it was super popular. Um, and I'm drawing Just because you have the position well, doesn't mean you're an HOFer. While you think of that, uh, I want to tell you you should go out to supernovas.com and get tickets for Sunday's match against the Orlando Valkyries. Omaha able to get a win last night, three sets to one. They go back on the road Thursday to Vegas, and then they're back home here. Omaha, CHI Health Center, 5 p.m. on Sunday. There's no more football. Go watch professional volleyball here in Omaha, Nebraska. That's supernovas.com to get your tickets. Do Um, Do you know what a Valkyrie is? Yeah, it's like the Viking warrior goddess ladies, right? Specifically, it's... One of Odin's twelve handmaidens. I mostly just know. I about love. It. I love mythology. I'm more into like Greek and Roman than I am Norse. Uh, but I. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, you got the you know the Latin on the arm and stuff. Mr. Smarty Pants um, over there. I. <laughs> but I know most of what I know about Norse mythology from uh, Thor movies. Yeah. If I'm being totally honest, I know most. So that of may what or I may not be accurate from, from my brother. Fair. Totally He's, fair. He, Huge mythology guy. There we go. Um, Loved him some Thor. Listen, Thor's, uh, he grew on me, although I didn't like the last one. The last one was bad. Love and Thunder, not a good movie. I'm not sitting through a comedy. But you liked it it when he was on Earth playing video games, though? Well, you know. Like Endgame? Yeah, that was a good movie. One of the things that I was doing while I was contemplating collecting unemployment, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) I watched Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, I actually kind of liked it. Yeah. But I didn't get into, like, the Daredevil, the Jessica Jones. Like, I'm, like, four years late. Some people, like, really ride for those Netflix, like, Marvel series. I thought Echo was fantastic. I haven't watched that one. Yeah, she was, even though she whooped Daredevil, and that's my guy. Oh, thank you. Come on now. I got a closet thing for Daredevil. Well, hey, Like, he's one of my favorite superheroes. I'm one of the only... Probably like seven people in the world that don't hate the Bat- Ben Affleck movie. Oh no, I don't either. So we're two of the seven people in the world. Oh, I hey, full <laughs> disclosure. Us and our four listeners. Yeah, uh, good to see Amazing Daniel with us now. Um, I've rewatched that. Oh yeah, multiple times. Yeah, yeah. and not just because I used to have a crush on Jennifer Garner. Overrated, but so I get the it. Electra movie. Well, I, good? I mean, I was like, I was in high school. No, I know. I don't know. judge. It's coming I, right off the alien. Fantastic show. Yeah, it's not. It's 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 solid. I, I know people love the Daredevil. I like show. Colin Farrell. I do too. I thought Colin Farrell, and I love Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan's like one of my all-time favorites. I all think right. we should give Ravi props for saying the multi-name guy with his name with the in the proper order. I don't know how many times I've said Michael Clark, du- Michael Duncan Clark. 
<laughs> you remember those days, Shane? Yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> all right, uh, all right, all right. R.I.P. to our guys. R.I.P. to the pour one out for MCD. Yeah, the better kingpin though is Diafornio. Uh, D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. There you go. Leonardo. <laughs> Vincent. <laughs> Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> Full metal jacket. There we go. There we go. There we no, go. No, he's. I. I love him. No, he's. He's really good. He was in the uh, Spider-Man movie as Kingpin. I, th- I think he's one of the most underappreciated actors of really, his, really uh, good actor. He's. He's pretty amazing, and he can fluctuate weight yeah. too, like nobody. Oh, like crazy. Him. Big little guy, big, big yeah. guy. And isn't he the alien in uh, the original Men in Black? Shane. Yes. The roach, the guy that turned yeah, into yeah, a roach. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. there's that better. Yeah. yeah no. Ex- exactly. <laughs> hey, so. You've been on that guy for a minute. Full, yeah, 100%. Thank you, Shane. Good memory. That's why, I know, that's why I love the fact you've known me a quarter of my life. Um, wait, almost half. Oh, five. It's been a minute. Almost half. That's only 36. <laughs> 16 years. I wish. No, I don't. <laughs> Not going back to my 30s. Bad guy. Um, <laughs> right in the sweet spot for me. <laughs> So you got a lot of improving to do. <laughs> I, I hope so. Level of surprise that the news came out so quickly about Tony White a- yeah. after after the weird <laughs> like seven minutes after our text show exchange. <laughs> like seven minutes after our show. Ended. That was not the response I thought we were going to get no, when I reached out either. I did not. If you can't get up for this game, then you don't need you don't need to be here. I know, Coach White, man, you're my hero. Yeah, no, we I I'm, we're hero. we're thrilled that Coach White, and we'll we'll have to get to this more in uh, her that hot seat. We only have about a minute left here, but uh, no. So you know, you mentioned it's kind of funny because you, you you said, hey. You know, the homecoming's not always what it's cracked up to be. And they went the homecoming direction. Just I just felt guy. like he felt rushed. Probably. And maybe, I, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of the situation. And I don't know if you had more conversations. No, he didn't. He didn't. No, okay. he didn't expound. So I don't know, like, if there was an offer or interest there and he needed more time and they wanted to move faster than that. Like, I don't know how it played out, right, between him and Deshaun Foster and apparently P.J. Fleck and, and whatever. Um I think it's better well, for him. When his. an athletic director uses words like elite all the time, are you thinking, oh, gosh, this has got Fleck written all over it? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. I do, And people in Minneapolis were generally concerned. And I knew he was kind of fibbing when he said no one had reached out because I know a couple of head coaches, they have the same agent. Yeah. Well, it, and I was like, I get it, the gamesmanship. but Yeah, to be fair with the elite thing, our very own head coach, Matt Rule, likes that term a lot as well. Yeah. That's not just a P.J. Fleck yeah. thing. We just like Coach Rule better. We like P.J. Fleck. We don't like the uh, quarter zip with the tie under it. That's not that's not the Nebraska vibe, apparently. He, he was he was good in person to us, so I don't have anything negative. No, I think he's. I actually think it's a perception more than a reality thing with Coach yeah. Fleck. Uh, coming up next, though, we're going to talk some Super Bowl ads, commercials. Little underwhelming this year. We'll see oh, what 100%. Greg Anderson, CEO of Bailey Lowerman, has to say about it next on Heard Up. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. And need no introduction, my partner. Sometimes it's really hard to be your friend. You said you were going to support me. Donkey! Don't, don't go away. My heart. Why you dunking me, girl? Why you dunking me? Donkey! My heart. How do you like them donuts? I'm so sorry. You had to see it, but I forgive you. Lay us on the track. Are we going to be on the album? We talked about this. Let's go. You're blinded by them pinstripes. Wrap it up. Here goes Babe Ruth. Tom, you can stay. You remember when I told you I'd do anything for you? This is anything. Chill. They're naming a drink after us. 
wrapping up our number two here on Herdat Sports Radio and 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. DB here with me. I'm Ravi Lula, and we're brought to you by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, reminding you that using your seatbelt saves lives and prevents injuries, but only if it's worn properly. Make it click. This message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Joining us now on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline is Greg Anderson, CEO of Bailey Lowerman, to discuss some of the ads we heard during the Super Bowl or saw during the Super Bowl, like we just heard that Dunkin' Donuts ad. Greg, how are you this morning? I'm fantastic. How are you all? Oh, we're hanging in there. Good to hear from you. Likewise. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Greg, I, I got to say, it seemed a little lackluster in the commercials this year in terms of really memorable ones. Obviously, that Duncan one sticks out, but um, kind of it just going back in your memory, was this kind of one of the more mass Super Bowl ad years? Uh, it really was, and I think that um, it sets out a bit of a cautionary tale for Super Bowl advertising going forward. And, you know, I think when you look at ads in the Super Bowl and the tone that they take, they are a direct reflection of what's happening in society, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, the Super Bowl is, is meant to be a platform for brands to make a big statement, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you look back through the history of famous advertising, like Apple and their famous 1984 commercial, or, you know, some of the work that Nike has done, it's supposed to be like a a reflection of things that are happening in society and they're making this this big uh, statement or they're trying to disrupt a category but we really saw none of that this year and i think it's because we're in a really combustible societal time right now you know and and brands that have sort of stood out and made a statement oftentimes in the last 12 or 24 months have gotten dinged right they've been boycotted uh, and everything else. So I think the marketers this year tried to really play it safe. Uh, and in playing it safe, you know, they spent seven, seven and a half million dollars per 30 seconds to duck. Greg, understated or overstated? Because I, I kind of got the reference and immediately I thought Bud Light, right? But it, it exactly. seems like they've weathered the storm, whether it was the partnership with the UFC and Dana White or uh, the, the, the public. Um, the, the the public affinity from from Donald Trump, what did we did, was that exaggerated? We we read the reported losses, but it seems like now they're back and it's still Bud Light, a very popular brand again. Did did they rehab their image that quick, or was it overstated? Well, um, I think that there is like an initial period of shock, right, where everyone's talking about it, it's going to have an immediate short-term impact. But if you look at Bud Light, you look at Target, you look at Disney, you know, all of these brands have been on various boycott lists. And I think over time, um, you know, people's sensibility takes over, uh, and then they could just go back to, um, you know, their their normal consumption patterns. We're talking with Greg Anderson, CEO of Bailey Lauerman, uh, talking about Super Bowl commercials. Uh, Greg, you know, I'm, I'm – wondering because the thing that I noticed theme wise and you mentioned this kind of in the the state of the world was seems like there was a lot more commercials for causes as opposed to products I I guess when did we start to see that shift because I remember it last year a little bit but it was pretty prominent this year yeah you know cause advertising um, is always going to be there in these big moments Um, there's obviously a massive audience um, but I think, you know, 
because brands are not immune from the same sort of um, fragility, I would say, you know, as, as any other, you know, product brand out there. Look at, um, you know, He Gets Us, right? Um, oh, was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about how divided and tense culture is in the United States today. You know, here's advertising that is trying to remind people that tolerance isn't a bad thing. And it was probably, it was one of the most talked about ads in the Super Bowl, but it also had one of the largest percentages of negative sentiment in how people were talking about it. So, like, you do this for a living, so (laughs) you're the perfect guy to ask. How, like, it's 2024, and Uh things are a lot, there's a lot more diversity overall. Opinions, the way people look, the way people dress, working home from not home, households. Like, everything is less, quote-unquote, traditional than, like, let's say it was 30 years ago, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. Why do you think... Is it just that we have the ability to be more opinionated? Because why are we more particular mm. than, like, let's say we were in the 70s where there was a lot less, quote-unquote, difference? Right. Uh, well, I think that political polarity, you know, unfortunately has, has taken over how people think and behave, you know, and uh, it shapes a lot of how they um, express themselves on various social media platforms today. Is this where you guys would excel, right? Because you, it's so temperamental and it volatile. You almost have to choose carefully. But we saw the expenditures this year for the Super Bowl. Was this simply Vegas? The high ticket prices. The it was ex, it was an exciting time. The Super Bowl performance. Taylor Swift. Like, did was it just the cost of doing business, or is this just a sign of the degree of difficulty for businesses to get it right? There is a very high degree of difficulty to get it right. I mean, marketers are spending millions and millions of dollars, and the knock-on effect of that investment um, can be both massively positive or negative, you know, for a brand. So you really have to thread the needle, which is why you saw a lot of brands this year go to safe, uh, celebrity-driven, you know, narratives that got a few chuckles, you Mm. know, and I think... Again, you know, no one wanted to touch the electrified third rail of, of anything, you know, and unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and unfortunately, they're everywhere, you know, and so I think it was a year where marketers really tried to play it safe, but, you know, going back to my original statement, I don't think you spend $7.5 million for 30 seconds and then you know, how many other million for your celebrity endorser to play it safe. And I think that marketers are going to really start to question whether or not in this current environment, Super Bowl as a platform makes sense if they're just going to be forced to play it safe. Let let me ask along those, God, this is fantastic, actually. Along those lines, do you think we're more uh, or less swayed when it comes to advertisements it seems like now more than ever Mm. we have more resolve in our conviction like (laughs) it seems kind of like an oxymoron doesn't it can you get me to change my mind when i'm so staunch (laughs) in what i believe in um 
yeah, yes and no. I, you know, I don't know if it would be overnight, right? You know, but incrementalism, you know, we're trying to build awareness and we're trying to build meaning and, and specific attributes. But, you know, if you're talking about millennial or Gen Z's audience, going back to that cause thing, so many younger consumers are not just making a decision based on a product feature or price. They're making a decision about what a brand stands for in the world and whether or not that brand aligns to their values of how they live their lives. And so that's where you see a lot of like purpose-driven, you know, brands and, you know, campaigns built around certain values. They're trying to align with their, with their audiences and those values. Mm. Great, great stuff there. We mm. super appreciate your time, and uh, I'm sure we'll circle around next year and, and oh, 100%. see what the conversation surrounding the ads are. Then we appreciate it, Greg. Hey, thanks very much for having me on. Thanks, Greg. That's Greg Anderson, yeah. CEO of Bailey Lowerman. I always wonder what the dynamics is, right? Where what's what's the breaking point? Because ninety eight percent of the time we don't even watch commercials. The whole streaming platform mm-hmm. and television viewing experience is built around being able to do away with commercials. Mm-hmm. We don't want to see it. It's a waste of time. It can't change the way we think. Well, why do you see this? Why it's do you think our we phones s- too? Right? Because instead of Watching a commercial, we bring up TikTok or we bring up Instagram or we bring up Twitter. Like a lot of times, this is what I do during games is commercial break. Oh, time for me to tweet out what I thought about what just happened or whatever. Right. Like as kind of what we do, what we do. So it is kind of the one time a year we even pay attention to advertisements in a like real way. It's got to start to. You think if we're getting a pulse on how people actually think and the way society is going, wouldn't we see less commercials and not more? I think you're going to see less of certain types of commercials. That's why I think you saw so many movie trailers during the Super Bowl because they want to get their – that actually does provide bang for their buck, right? Because $7 million on a production budget of like Dune I think is like $150 million, $200 million movie, right? $7 million in advertising is nothing. Balls is possible, Mm -hmm. and all you're paying is for the time. You're not paying to actually produce the commercial really. You just have to cut that thing up. I think that we're going to see more and more stuff like that, ads for movies, ads for shows. Because, again, in the streaming world, like you talked about, all they want is to push you to the platform, right? So you're going to see Netflix, HBO Max, movies, all that kind of stuff, because they don't care if you buy their product, or they don't care if they buy, you buy a product. They want you to buy their platform, mm. right? So it's a totally different dynamic. The commercial is an ends to a means for those people, whereas... How am I going to know if I want Snuggle or Windex or... I mean... Is anybody going to Dunkin' this morning instead of Starbucks or Scooters or wherever just because of Ben Affleck on Sunday? I agree. Probably not. Coming up next, we've got our guy Matt DeMarinis from the White and Blue Review here on Red Sports Radio. Welcome to Herd at Sports Radio. Kicking off hour number three here on Herd Ad Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, as well as KFOR in Lincoln for this hour number three. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as well. I'm Ravi Lula, DB here with me, and one of our favorites joining us now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline is our guy Matt D. Marinas from the White and Blue Review. What's up, Matty? What's up, boys? How are we doing? <laughs> How are we doing? Good to have you guys back. I thought about uh, 
breaking in with like love story, you know? <laughs> I, didn't watch, I think I was like, hold up, I think that's a copyright thing. So you probably can't do that. So I was like, I don't want to get you taken off the air trying to like celebrate your return and all that. But I'm glad you guys are back together, though. Appreciate it. Impressed or no that Robbie was texting during the Super Bowl? Um. I mean, mad that he wasn't texting me. So. <laughs> no, I was in your group. Yeah, chat. We were in the, I was in a little DM chat. I was texting you guys back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We were in the DMs. That's true. That's true. He was sliding in there. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I guess I, I, I'm not surprised. I didn't figure he was a commercial guy. He's like a, you know, just give me my football and leave me alone kind of guy. I was, I was just. I knew he was excited about Monday, but I'm not gonna lie. I was a little worried he may no show. <laughs> Listen, if, think, uh, if it wasn't the reunion show, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> in in uh in just to tie it to Creighton, which I'm sure we're gonna talk a little bit about, but like Stephen Ashworth's official prediction was that Brock Purdy was gonna throw a pick to lose the game and that I think that first like first play of overtime when that ball got tipped over the middle and yeah. just barely, barely Debo should have like, caught oh, that though. He could have that was a dime. Like that was a great throw. Yeah, I thought Purdy played well. I uh I thought Shanahan did not coach well, um, but, but I, don't, I don't hang that on Purdy. Like I thought he played really, really made good plays, made good throws, gave his team a chance to win, which is what you're supposed to do as a quarterback, right? So, yeah, I don't, I don't hang that on him. Like there's, there's a couple of weird injuries and some weird play calling that I think let Kansas City kind of stay in the game, and obviously the muff punt was like the, the, that just flipped the whole thing. So. Yeah. With that prediction, Stephen Ashworth knows that Brock and Chubba are different people, right? <laughs> <laughs> I th- like the Mahomes train is weird, man. Like, no, you can't mess with him now. No, nope. like, you're going against you're going against Patty. Like, you're just like an enemy of the state at this point. Because, like, yeah, people people are. He's got that like fan base now that's like rabid. And you know the funny thing is, is for the most part. He's done it the right way for his high profile and as much fawning as we do. He hasn't had a ton of like social media or public missteps. He's his family's no. his only issue. Like the people and, and, around and, and him and are his only issue. And you know what? Issue. He can he somehow doesn't absorb that. Yeah, it it kind of it got Teflon off of him. It's the it's on the periphery. Like I don't know how he does it, but he I'm pretty impressed. No, for sure. Because, like, that's the one thing in this, um, you know, when you grow up in a social media era, I guess, like he did, right? Like, you figure he's more susceptible to just stepping in it a few times, and he just doesn't. Like, he's just, he just does his thing, and everyone around him seems to step in it. <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, like you said, it just bounces off of him, you know? Because I, I just don't think he lets it phase him. There's been a few moments where he's kind of come unglued a little bit, but I think that's just, but it's all football Brady. stuff, right? It's all like sideline stuff. Yeah, it's competitiveness. Like yeah, that's, I don't, I don't hold that against someone of that level of that caliber. You know what I mean? I, I kind of understand that's baked into it. So, um, no, I agree. He's he's, he's going to be the face of the league for a long time. So love him or hate him, you kinda, it's like it's like the Brady thing. You better just get used to it because you're going to be seeing him around a lot. Is it? Do you think it's kind? Does he strike you as like antisocial? Because if he is, that would make a lot of sense. He doesn't, he doesn't give you a ton behind the mic, so I think there's maybe part of that that he doesn't. Like he's embrace, just not out there, but he just doesn't. 
Like he almost reminds me of. He's he, very. He's under. He's got a lot of self control. Like you remember, uh, like Doug McDermott at Creighton, where like he just wanted to play basketball. Like that's the only thing that he cared about. He was never like out and about for very much. Like he just, and he really didn't step in it. Like he might have been the most famous person in the city for a couple years there, and which I get is a different scale, right? But really didn't have. You didn't hear any weird stories about him like doing stuff yeah. in a club or whatever. Like there really was nothing because most of the time he was just in the old gym shooting jumpers. Like that's pretty much all he was ever doing like I kind of get that sense from Mahomes that like he's, he's like Teflon right Matty it's like we don't care about we get mad at his wife we get mad at his brother we get his mad dad. at his brother we get mad at his dad it's all around him and he gives you nothing that you can hold him that's what I just don't think responsible I don't know that for. he does anything besides football yeah it, that might be it I mean he's got two kids so he might just be like you know he made a dad. he made the dad bod thing like popular else is doing that (laughs) leo i kind of feel like that's who he might be you know what i mean he might just be like i like to play football and i like to hang out with the with the kids like as young as he is that might just be who he is you know down to earth you know so i mean i don't know enough about him coming up before he you know burst onto the scene um in kc like i don't think he was like a high profile person before that you know what i mean so um because he wasn't doing much of like note team wise at Texas Tech, he was kind of just like, yeah, you know, we thought he was another one of those system guys. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't know. I, I think it's just kind of who he is because that's kind of how he came up. You know, that's a little bit of a tease to um, a couple of questions I got for Ravi in our hot seat. Who is Matt DeMarinis's leader right now for Player of the Year in college basketball? In college basketball, correct. Oh, Zach Eadie. Like that's is that is that a debate nowadays? I don't even I thought it was over. Is, is it? So he's the only person like he's he's the only bad. he's the only guy with, with negative odds, so he is the clear cut favorite. Mm-hmm. But does Purdue have to get over the hump for you? That's kinda I think what's still out there. Yeah, I I, I I'm with you. I can see where you're going with that for sure. But I think it's going to be so clear-cut in terms of how much he's a separator, you know, because he doesn't really – he's just impossible to account for, you know what I mean? He is the hardest player to guard on the floor for, you know, for reasons that he gets clowned for, but also for, like, he's really skilled too. Like, um, he's not just a big oaf out there, you know. I don't. I don't. I don't even know if it's. I don't know who else would be in the conversation. Is my thing because I. There's lots of good players out there and ones that in any other year could buy for it. But well, I, I mean, you got awesome. so like popularity-wise, like Filipowski, Connect. Um, you know, I think Darren Holmes is still a little too obscure at Dayton, but like R.J. Davis, Hunter Dickinson yep. is a guy going for double doubles. Kansas could make a run. I've watched Kansas a lot. Does Dickinson really do it for you guys? Like, is that it does? I mean, so Caleb said something like, "We're watching Kansas last night," and he was, uh-huh. and he's he said something that was kind of odd, but it was in passing, so I didn't pay him any mind, of course, because <laughs> why why would I talk to your own kid? But he goes, "Gosh, it just seems like he's the beneficiary of a lot of what's going on around him, not just about him." Mm. 
Yo, like, uh, that's why I, I should just come on every, every time I come on. But like, sent you multiple things with from Caleb. Where I'm like, I think this dude is just, like, spot on. I don't think I would disagree with him at all. Like, I, I'm with him. I, 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 I don't get it from, like, I don't think he's a bad player by any stretch or overrated or anything. I just don't, I don't think he's. He's just not that guy. You know. Yeah, I don't think he's on that, that pedestal. You know what I mean? I think he's just a good five man that, like, you know. To cause problems matchup wise, but I don't think he's like on a Eni Kalkbrenner clinging. I don't have him on that level. What 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 about Jaden Ladee? Ooh, yeah, he's. I like him a lot. He's a, um, like the Mount. The probably Mount not West high is, profile enough to actually win it. Dude, they San Diego State is legit, right? But like nationally, probably not high profile enough to win it. No, definitely not high profile enough. But I think you know, there's there. There, yeah, he won't be in the conversation, but I think he's one of the more underrated ones. I would, I think he's better than Dickinson, for example. Like I think. Mm. What about Tristan Newton? You know, That's right in our backyard. Yeah, Tristan Newton. I think is going to be like he's my front runner right now for Big East Player of the Year. Even though, like, kind of Devin Carter gets a lot of the hype on social media because he's kind of like a one man show right now, and I think he belongs in the conversation. But I think Tristan Newton has been the guy from day one all the way through mm-hmm. that you know. Like I don't think UConn, I don't think UConn can win without him playing well, kind of thing. You know, as versatile I, 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 as they I, I, are, I, that's interesting. Yeah, I think he's the linchpin because he he's the guy who, on both ends of the floor, is a tone setter. You know, um, he sets everybody up offensively. He hits big shots. Um, he can rebound, facilitate, score, and then defensively, he can take your best best dude. And make him miserable. You know what I mean? Like he just gets after him. He flies around. He plays hard. Uh, you know, he, he's just yeah. He's a bulldog, and it doesn't look he doesn't look like a bulldog. That's the thing. Like he kind of looks unassuming. Um, hmm. But yeah, he's a stud in my opinion. I I, I I think really highly of him. We're talking with Matt Marinas from the White and Blue Review. Uh, Maddie, let's switch gears here and go to Creighton. Um, obviously. You know, there's been some hand-wringing, some consternation about kind of how the last stretch has gone, obviously losing to Butler, losing to Providence. Uh, obviously, those games could have gone either way. Really haven't played poorly against anyone in a while except that UConn game, which I think we all know why they played poorly there because UConn's a little bit of a, a juggernaut here. Um, how... How do you gauge where you think they're at in terms of just their overall play? I know you've seen we've seen like Ashworth come on a little bit offensively, but it seems like maybe the defense has slid back. Like where would I don't know if I want you to give them a grade, but kind of where are they at in your mind compared to where you would want them to be heading in the middle of February? I've been getting this I've been getting this question a lot actually. Like not just you know in this realm, but like, well, I'm sorry for not being original enough for you, Maddie. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's all good. I, it, 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 Look at little brothers mad at <laughs> clapping back at big brother. I, I like it. That's cute. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying I, I, it makes me, this question makes me laugh a little bit, but you have to understand my point of view on this is I've been like, I don't just cover the men. I cover the women too. Mm-hmm. And so like, Right now, like they're thirty-seven and ten. In we're going to Valentine's Day here, thirty-seven and ten between the two of them. So I've seen like a ton of 
winning, a ton of good performances, a ton of, like, amazing performances, and then some that just, like, you know, are mess, but they either get the job done or they lose close, and you're just, like, you're not really sending, sounding an alarm off of it. So I, I understand that people latch on to a loss and just wonder, like, how many things on the checklist went wrong, and I just, I don't feel that right now. And I understand 17-7 and seven probably isn't what people – and eight and five in the Big East probably isn't what people thought of this team because how much experience they had coming back and all that. But I just look around college basketball too, and I'm like, I still think they're one of the best teams in the country. Like, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't know if there's five to ten that you say, oh yeah, any night, no matter what, Creighton can't beat this team. You know what I mean? So I, I watch the Big Twelve, and I'm like, I think the best team in the Big Twelve right now, I don't, whoever you think it is. I won't argue. I think the best team in the Big 12 right now finishes behind Marquette, UConn, and Creighton. If you put, like, if you said home, road, I don't. Neutral, so on, an, on, a, neut- on a neutral them. site, let me just give you one, and I'm not, I'm not debating, but I think that's interesting because mm. uh, so on, a, on a neutral court, they play tomorrow, BYU and Creighton. You feel comfortable taking Creighton? And, I'm, and BYU's not even, you, you know what I mean, like what I would consider. Yeah, what, what, yeah 100%. I'm with 100. percent Yeah, okay. I think Creighton's really. Good. I think I think I think Creighton's really good, and I think their best is capable of beating. You name it. I watched like, Houston I, I, the other night struggle offensively, and I was like, "Gosh, that'd be a good matchup for a team like Creighton." I've and, Houston. and Houston's 21. What's what's Houston? 21 and three. I've watched Houston Something struggle like offensively for like four years. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah no, I know. So it's, he may he it's may worse be right. now, but he yeah. may be right. Uh, Maddie. That's what I'm saying. Like that's, that, we all we, we all look at it from the Creighton lens. When we when we see them lose or we see them not do something at the at the highest level, or they see them like you know you lose a home to Butler and no one thought that was going to happen before the season started, right? And then you're like, gosh, why? Butler low key is not bad though. No, I no, know Butler's on fire right now. Like I know they and they're they, making shot like they. <laughs> I I did like, not see that coaching um, resurgence. From like, Mata? Yeah. Like blowing by a guy like Neptune, who some of his peers really liked at the time of the hire. I agree. I think Robbie's more on the, like, hey, let's talk about Neptune wagon. Which I <laughs> How long have I been talking? I've been talking about this, like, midway last year. Yeah. So Robbie was on that on me about that early. I didn't really feel it. And now I'm like, yeah, he might be on to something. My there. question but was like, just, yeah. is Kyle Neptune actually good at this? And I don't know. Yeah, no, it's. No, it's time. Yeah, I think it's. I think there's enough. Like the answer is uh, leaning in the no direction, though, right? Like, for sure, for sure. But so, I'm with Damon. Like, I didn't think Dad was going to have. Like, me, I didn't think me he neither. Was gonna, I didn't either. I was sitting behind the bench on. Uh, uh, I guarantee you, Ohio State would take him back. You got Michigan and Ohio oh. State at the bottom of the conference yeah. in the Big Ten. Yep. I just yep, wonder sure. how I, what I was worried about with with Mata wasn't that he couldn't coach anymore. I just didn't know if he'd have the energy for it. Because like I'm sitting behind the bench at Butler, and or against Butler, and like he's physically looks like he's in pain, like he's mm-hmm. limping around. Like he doesn't. Like he almost looks like late stage Phil Jackson a little bit the way he walks around and stuff. Yeah. And you're just like, I, I, that's why I was like, I don't know if this is going to work at Butler. It's not. Yeah. It wasn't as accurate. Well, for the record, you don't smoke peyote. It's Phil Jackson. He doesn't, or I don't. <laughs> Matt, Matt, let me ask you. You something. don't know what I do when I leave here. <laughs> Matt, let me ask you something. Yeah. Of these I, jobs that are supposed to be like good, I, the Ohio State thing is just sticking in my craw. Yeah. 
But mm. I'm looking at DePaul. I've heard for years. Oh, man, Sleeping, Sleeping Giant. <laughs> they just got to lock down Chicago. There's, there's like De- nobody else is recruiting there. <laughs> there's DePaul. There's Georgetown. And there's Ohio State. Remember when Ohio State came calling and there was all the ru- the circulation and rumors swirling about Mac, this, that, and the other. That wasn't rumors. That was rumors. No, I get it. Yeah. I understand. I'm not trying to put Coach Mac's business out there. but I mean, it was reported. I'm not putting his business out there. Fact, rank those jobs for me real quick, Matt, in terms of I going forward, not who they've been, but relative to where they are, the conference they're playing in, Give me rank Georgetown, DePaul, and Ohio State for me. You can even talk about – you can even factor in expectation levels in Mm. terms of taking the job because I think that actually matters more than people think it does. Oh, I think it matters a ton. Yeah, I think – I don't feel it with Georgetown. I know that's kind of like the rub is that, oh, you know, they're – you know, once once it's built, everything else will fall in place because of its history, and I just don't – I don't feel it. They've always been that team that just never draws any fans. Um, at least in the time that I've known them, like and a high exp- you know, and yeah, reason. Although I don't a know lot like A and M and Ohio State, I, I think their like fan always, base expects them to win. Yeah, I feel like they've always been toxic because even when they had some good teams mm. early on, new like era of the Big East, like they were always like fire this bum. You know what I mean? Like they just don't. It's never good enough. So I don't think Georgetown is in a place where they. They to be fair, though, JT3 fine. was a bad coach. Like, that wasn't a bad take. By Remember some of those fans. halftime cut-ins? I know, like, but he was a bad I, coach. Like, I, like, he had a ton of talent for a while, but JT3 could never coach. That, I don't know about that, man. I he do. I, listen, come on. His, his, system, his system of doing things eventually got – What system? He didn't have a system. <laughs> no, he did. He had the, yeah, he ran that Princeton offense that was, like, popular in the, like, you know, 30s? late 80s, early 90s, all the way through. I mean, yeah, 30s too, but like I'm just saying, like that. Just out here running four corners offense like he doesn't have a shot clock. So it wasn't too long. What's wrong with that, though? All right, but What's listen. So, like, who's supp- I, I, who, who think, should be Ohio good relative to supposed – like, did anybody see Michigan? You're in Ann Arbor. It's Michigan. And I feel like it, Trey Burks wasn't that long ago, right? About Georgetown years? Final Four wasn't that long ago. Like Sullinger and, and Mata in that run for Ohio State wasn't that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, like what? I mean, I don't I don't get I, how this happened. No, I don't either. But I also think when you're at places like that, you can fix it quick too. Okay. You know, I think so. That rules DePaul out. Like like because I'm yeah. not sure it's the same thing there. But they do have the lowest expectation levels. But I also think if they actually made the right hire for the first time in their history, that it could be something really good. I, I don't, I don't. When I, when I've been to Marquette, and I've been to DePaul, and I'm telling you, I don't see a difference mm. in terms of like how it feels around the community, um, the resources they kind of have at their disposals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Marquette's pulled way ahead now because they've been winning. Sure. But infrastructure-wise, it's not that big of a difference. Yeah, but I feel like when you go to DePaul, you know, you're embedded in the city, man. It feels really like a cool vibe. You don't really feel like you're on a college campus. If you, and I know some people like that, you know. Like, it's not an intimate setting. It's a, it's kind of just embedded. In, it's baked into the whole city, so you get the full experience every single second you're there, you know. I'm not, so, tr- I'm just not, I'm not trying to go all hot takey, but I feel like – I was hoping you said Ohio State because that those basketball expectations feel a lot to me like let's say A and M's football expectations. 
Like I just yeah, think it, it just it almost feels impossible to be as good as Bad what Ohio they feel State? like that athletic budget mm. justifies. Justifies. See, I think Georgetown's the best of those three jobs. What? Oh, really? I think Georgetown is the best of those three jobs. Because you have access to talent, because of your history and where you're at, there's a ton of talent in that area. There's not a ton, unlike Chicago, there's not as much attention on the DMV. I know people recruit there, don't get me wrong, but there's a ton of talent there. You are kind of the big deal there in terms of basketball. I know Maryland's there, but Maryland hasn't been special. You've, we just heard Kugler talk about their resources and their commitment with NIL and stuff like that and Cooley's salary. And... Here's what I think matters more than anything, why that's a better job than Ohio State. Ohio State is a football school forever. No matter how good you are, no matter how good that model was, they could have won a national title with Greg Oden, and they still would have been talking about how they didn't beat Michigan in football that year. Like, that's what Ohio State is. You win at Georgetown, you rule that place. Here's I, my, here's I think my, Georgetown's a better I, job. I, I agree with you on your point. Here's my problem, and I feel this way too – I don't feel a little uncomfortable saying it because Caleb's about to walk into it. But, like, I feel like sometimes you get to a point where you're too big. You know, you talk about, like, too big to fail. I think sometimes you get to a point where you're too big to succeed because there's so much angst around, you know, returning to that level. Like that Ryan like Ryan Day at Ohio State. There's so Right. There's so much pressure. Dude wins that, a ton mm-hmm. for people to be you mad at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't even enjoy the process of building it and winning incrementally to get to that stage because every win that you have in that in that journey is like yeah well you're supposed to beat that team i don't want to hear about that you know what i mean but i think like georgetown if, like nebraska has like gotten so far like, down that they do appre- no, they would appreciate i don't think it changes i think i think it's always present because the minute you get to that like doorstep then people immediately assume you're going to kick it down and never like and lock it behind you and never go back again. Mm. I think it's hard. I think it's really hard once you've been on top to fall back down and then get back on top uh, if you haven't been. Maddie, who has the best middle of the conference, the the Big Ten or the Big East? Real quick here, like thirty seconds. Uh, Big East. I, I'm not that's the middle of the Big Ten. Uh-oh. I think we look at middle of the pack. I think Big Twelve is the top. Yeah, that's Matt DeMarinas from the White and Blue Review. Matty, we appreciate it as always. We will catch up with you again soon. Sorry for rambling, fellas. Thanks for the time. Uh, you're good, Matty. Love it. I'm all good. That I was like, a fun. I like com- the national. Yeah, that was a fun conversation with him. Uh, we'll be talking to Matty more as we get down to the uh, nuts and bolts here of college George basketball really? season. I do. Hey, listen. I think Georgetown is the best of three jobs. Uh, coming up next, first ever heard at Hot Seat from my guy DB here. We'll see if we can get him a little uncomfortable with some of our questions on Herd at Sports Radio. We will be back. You're listening to Herd at Sports Radio. Welcome back. <laughs> Am I on? I don't, I don't oh, have is he here. producing or Shane, like what's, what's going, going on? on? <laughs> oh, guys, we're back. We're I'm back. not. I'm, am I on? We're Shane, back. did you did you miss me? No, I'm gonna, I can't know. hear anything, Shane. You can't, I, well, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, people move stuff around. Shane, I'm not. I can't I'm not hear anything you should head. be able to hear stuff. 
I can hear you now. I can't hear me. In my so headset. when we were pulling up the things, I think I moved some of the. Uh oh. Okay, there we go. Hey, we're back. Yeah, there you go. Listen, it's day two. We're okay. I, so my man B Square Voice reminded me uh, on Twitter. It was Al Campanis we were talking yes. about earlier. Which, and I couldn't remember the name. And I should have known. I'm like, Dodger exec. Like I, but, I mean, that was in the prime of me being impressionable, too. Yeah, Because yeah. I was in, I, I remember. I was so you in, were a kid, yeah. I was in middle school. Yeah. Right? And, and the Dodgers were, were on a heck of a run. And, and I'd never heard an interviewer. Tell somebody. I think he used the word baloney. He, he said, I think he said baloney and garbage. Yeah. He goes, you don't yeah, really believe a bunch that of garbage, baloney. do you? And he said, well, I mean, why do you think, you know, you know, black people aren't good swimmers? I don't think they have the buoyancy. And I was like, <laughs> I was just at Maple Village Pool. I love to swim. You're like, I float real good. I, t- uh, <laughs> I went over to my my buddy Cobbs, Brian, because he had a pool in our neighborhood. I was like, Brian, am I a good swimmer? <laughs> Is that why you beat me in basketball in the pool? It's not because you're six foot and I'm five like, three. But I beat you in basketball on land. You beat me in basketball. In the pool. Oh, he was so good. He's, um, we get in the pool and I felt like I was going to drown trying to play. If you don't know what we're talking about, you're going to have to listen back to the show. I don't even remember what segment we were talking about. But Al Campanis was a uh, flagrant. We were talking about racist. would something disqualify you from the Hall, oh, of, the Hall of Fame. The yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know why you guys even went down that road. Be- uh, to make you uncomfortable, Shane. That's what we were doing. <laughs> I, th- I think we said is such and such a Hall of would that discount you from being uh, a Hall of Famer? Yeah, and then you brought up. And I, I said, were well, there guys that like aren't good Wagner, guys that are, in, that are in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, and then that's how we got on Al Campanis. For sports bets, you can go to the casino in Lincoln or you can go to Horseman's Park in Omaha, 6303 Q Street, and place your bets. You have to go to the casino, but they've got, or the, the sports book at Horseman's Park, but they've got live bets. You can place bets on pretty much any major sporting event, straight bets, parlays, props, whatever. I'm a, I'm alive. I like in-game betting. Do you? Yeah, I think you get better lines sometimes. You get better value. Yeah, you and Brian Edwards. I think you get a little. I think you get a little juice there sometimes. He's a piece. He's. Or if that's, you, it, that's his jam. Or if you don't know how uh, how the vibe of a game is going to go, you can learn a lot in that first four minutes or so, especially basketball. Man, I, I enjoy a nice live bet. You can do that at Horseman's Park in Omaha or the casino at Warhorse Sportsbook in. Lincoln Warhorse Sportsbook, no bets, no glory. It's time for my, her. My, my man, uh, Al Campanis, would have been upset. My man, Kobe Bretz, was a great swimmer. <laughs> we, Thank you, Larry. <laughs> it's time. For, he was. It's time for her that hot seat. The, the seat already feels a little hot, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> but I can swim. What, are you sitting on a seat warmer, too? Uh, no, I just got a little cushion here, which is nice. Helps, helps, uh, you know, helps to be comfortable while we're little, doing the show here. A little more cushion for the pushing. Um, but we are. I'm just gonna ride put, put, right put, on by that. Put pushing you around, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or vice versa. It's time. You tried to bully D. Marinas. Who me? Yes. About what? Ooh, you strong. You tried to strong arm him with some of your hot takes. Well, about which, what? Well, the best job. The uh, I think Georgetown is the best job out of those three that you gave. I think Georgetown is the best job. So, I firmly believe. If if I, I think they still have a lot of things in common. If what Kugler says is true, because the only thing I didn't know about or that I haven't known personally about Georgetown is, okay, what's their NIL set up? What's the money set up? What's the resources? And I'm I'm basing this off what Kugler told us that like the money's there for Cooley, the money's there for NIL. Like if the if the that part is there, Georgetown is the best of those three three yeah. jobs. I wonder how close he was because the. In my circles, the rumor was is that 
Prescott Murphy was going with Cooley mm. to, to Georgetown. Instead of going to Bama? Yeah. Because, but he had to wait till June one. But you can obviously, yeah, talk about that deal before uh, it right. had to happen. Yeah, but, and then, but then Preston. I mean, either either is a good spot for him. I think. I mean, can you imagine Murphy at if, Georgetown? If if Cooley could get the guys that Preston can get, then Georgetown is real scary. Yeah, I because I get the sense that Coach Mack thinks very very highly of how well rounded Preston is. Yeah, as a I, recruiter, a I coach. Agree. A drill guy. I have I have nothing but good things to say about Preston Murphy. Yeah, I, I didn't interact with him a ton, but we did. Uh, you know, we interacted some. He's well, in I was, enough gyms, man. That guy was a kid. He's a grinder. Magnet. He's a grinder. Like that dude works incredibly hard. Was always super kind to me. Like when I was covering Creighton exclusively, like nothing bad to say about him. But real quick before we get to the hot seat, because one of the questions is similar, is setting up one of my hot seat questions for you. Mm-hmm. You don't get the sense that Ohio State basketball is a little like A&M football? Um, no, because I, don't, I genuinely don't think Ohio State fans care about basketball in the same manner that Texas A&M fans care about football. Like, it is not, to me, it's not on the same I, No, I could see that being a point. I don't know if that's a disqualifier. I think I think it is. I think because I like think like how is Ohio State not better in baseball? Did you see the preseason rankings? Like how are they not better in baseball and basketball? Right. So I I think there's I get what you're saying on the Texas A&M comparison. And be like, hey, with all these resources, why aren't you better? But I think the I think the actual job is different because the expectations of Texas A&M football I think are way larger than the expectations of Ohio State basketball. I think the ex- expectations of Ohio State football and Texas A&M football are a lot closer. But Ohio State has justification for those expectations. Because they've and Texas A&M national doesn't championship. really because they haven't won a real national title. I think ever, if I've looked, the ones they claim, there's like one in the 30s and one in the teens. Anything before the AP era, I do not count. So like if you're trying to claim 1920s national titles on me, like you can go. I'm not here, I'm not here for that. Texas A&M does not have a real national title in football. Mm. Ohio State is one of the most accomplished programs that we have. So expectations-wise, I think they're similar, but Ohio State's are justified. I don't think Texas A&M football expectations and Ohio State basketball expectations are anywhere in the same neighborhood. So I think that, that's a huge difference to me. But if you're asking the question of why aren't they better considering their resources, then yes, I'm on the same page as you. Okay. Um, you want to go first? You want me to go first? You got one? I got one. Let's go. The Big Ten Conference Mm -hmm. or the field? Who I think will win or who I – What would you – today, if you had to be right for national player – If I have to be right? For national player of the year, Mm -hmm. the Big Ten Conference – So who are we talking about besides Edie there? That's for you to figure out. (laughs) So just Edie. Okay. Well, I don't don't – unless you think – you back a big Tyson Walker guy or Terrence Shannon Jr. Sure, I, although I, his off the court stuff is probably maybe a disqualifier. maybe for voters. I'm not you know maybe, but he's back playing. I know, and from all reports, not that I'm a. No, I know. I know what you're saying. I, like, I'm not. I'm not sure what the wrong. I don't. I don't. It. It's nothing not, was substantiated. It's perception, not reality. Right though, the perception of what happened there. It's like 99. Do you feel somebody could get hot in the in the Big Ten Conference? The field is the field, though. Edie is the only. I, Edie is the only guy right now mm-hmm. with 
with minus with favorable odds. If Everybody I, else is plus money. If I have to be right, I'm going Big Ten. If I am going on who I think should win it, I'm taking the field. Who do you like? I like Dalton Connect. The story matters to me, right? Yeah. His story is better than anybody's. So, and I, he's performing. I, he could make a serious run. He could. I just don't know that Tennessee has a high enough profile nationally. We're top ten in the country. No, but like standing and profile are different. Like I don't know that people pay enough attention to them nationally mm. as a basketball now program. They, they probably have a run in them. Probably, and so like maybe the SEC tournament run or late straight because all that voting happens before NCAA tournament, right? So you get, you probably just get a conference tournament run. He kind of had a run earlier in this year where he scored 35 points or 30 points in like four straight games or something. I don't remember what the actual numbers were, but he had like his little mini moment there. He probably needed to extend that a little longer. But what are you taking, Big Ten or the field? I'm going to take the field. Is there, who's, who's the name, is it R.J. Davis? No, I, I like Davis. Um, you know, Connect is there. McCullers Jr. could make a run. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's safer to take the field. Like, what if UConn all of a sudden just goes on a heat? You get Tristan Newton. Newton's a Newton's a dude. If I if it's anybody, I want it to be Connect. But that's like a that's I want it to be him, right? Yeah. Go JUCO, go Northern Colorado. Then you end up in a in a power He's conference. On a and you're, you're carrying your team. Like I like that. I like that. Uh, coming up next, we got more Herd at Hot Seat here on Herd at Sports Radio. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Welcome back as we wrap up the show here on Hurt at Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Those YouTube comments popping off. As always, ooh, Ken has an interesting one. He says, maybe Texas A&M football equals Illinois basketball. That's interesting. It is a little. When did D. Brown, when did those guys beat Carolina? Was that 05, 06? Uh, they lost to Carolina in 05 in the title game. That was the Sean May, Raymond Felton. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they beat them, too. Well, not in the title. No, I know. En route. Um, was it D. Brown's years? That was D. Brown, Darren Williams, Darren w- okay. Luther Head. That's all the same team for Illinois. Yeah. What am I thinking? I'm trying to think of their most recent run. Illinois? Yeah. Are you I, saying that with an S? I was saying Illinois apostrophe, apostrophe S, S, like the pos- <laughs> possessing of Illinois. I wasn't saying like Des Moines or I anything. know you get the t- <laughs> I was getting ready to go in, and I was like, ooh, I forgot. He's going to bristle. <laughs> No, that's not what I said. I understand how the word is pronounced. You okay, DB? Hey, man. Sorry. It was a possessive term. No, I, I understand. Um, stay I, stay I, away from you, academia. I think uh, I think Illinois might be close in terms of what I'm, how I view Texas A&M. In terms, Illinois basketball might be the closest corollary there. And because they haven't gotten over that hump, but they've had like runs. And have we established what sport that school is? Illinois. Yeah. I think they're a basketball school that wants to be a football school. That's what I think. Mm. They're the opposite of Kansas, which is a – or not the opposite of Kansas, but it's like they're a basketball school that really wants to be a basketball school. 
and they're like, oh, we'll finally, I guess, put a little bit of money into football so Coach Leipold doesn't leave. But or a lot of money. They're doing a whole renovation. It's like a half billion dollars. Like they're putting real money. Yeah, into they're it. like they're just, putting real money. Yeah, it's not once. from the ground up. They're just yes getting a facelift, um, which is what I think most schools will do from here on out. Yeah, the, you the, won't you the won't ground see those big erection are, projects are too much. Um, but I, I mean that. I'll keep thinking on that, but I think that's in the neighborhood of what I'm talking about with Texas A&M. Drunk Monk's taking the field. Yeah, he likes Newton. He likes Newton from, which I could see. I could see Newton and UConn. I was a little surprised that Matt was so matter-of-fact. And I get he's the front runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Vegas, I mean, he's he's the only guy with minus. He's a dramatic front runner. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't believe that to be the I don't I think he is the front runner I don't think it's as wide as the odds would indicate yeah is that fair yeah especially like the problem with UConn is it feels more collaborative I think like I, I get Newton, which again was I it was interesting I but I was kind of vibing with Matt though on the lunch pen sure no he's definitely like you know go Reggie Jackson on you like the straw that stirs the drink but there's a lot of other pieces that people like on that team, whether it's Castle or Klingon or whatever, right? I'm telling you, though, Connect has the ability to take – he has the type of game you want to talk that about, could take the nation by storm. Yes. He's, an, he's like, exciting yeah. the way he plays. It Like, Edie doesn't play exciting basketball. No, I know. He plays very good basketball, but it is boring as all hell. And I, and I, I thought people – so the two things that I think could hurt – Edie is. I think people will say he gets the well. Yeah, duh. He should do that. Yeah, he's so seven, people seven foot twelve. So of people will be dismissive of the actual twenty three and what is he twenty three and thirteen something like that. Yeah. And I think they want Purdue to like get how, to where get to where they need to be. Which like, for him for their postseason, the run. voting isn't going to happen. I'm, it's close. It's within a month. No, but I mean, so like you're not going to know if Purdue overcame the NCAA mm-hmm. hurdle. Until after you voted. So, to your point, I think last year actually hurts Edie because of what they did in the NCAA tournament. Where they're like, eh, yeah, he dominates in the regular season, but... And you're not going to get to see the end of that sentence this year before you vote. Yeah. Jaden Ledeen. Like, there's... If, you, if you're a college... If you watch... If you really mm-hmm. watch college basketball, I think you could more than make the case. It's, Here's the problem, though. Most voters don't. I don't know. I could see if We've in baseball. Seen, I mean, the Heisman is the biggest is the biggest culprit here. A lot of those guys don't watch very many games outside of their region, right? That's the problem. Is so a lot of people are so hyper focused on their I, I coverage. I think basketball player of the year gets a bad rap. I, I think. I think they get it right more often than not. I do too. But I also think it's more obvious more year, more often than not than it is this year. Mm. Edie's the obvious choice this year, but. Should he be? That's a fair question. Um, <laughs> TK, give it to the goggles kid out of Indiana State. <laughs> I don't. Can we say that? I just read it. Just I mean, goggles? There's nothing wrong. I mean, with he's goggles. got goggles. No, yeah, that's no. not he's, like a. He's nice though. Wearing goggles is not a protected class by like the ADA. Like you're, you're all right. I think you could um, say Indiana State. What do you it's know no about the ADA? Type one diabetes covered, baby. Wow, American Disabilities got, Act. You got, you got some range. Let's do it. So I have to know about the ADA just because of my. My background and my profession. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. No, listen. My when I got diagnosed, my mom was like all up in that stuff, like as an advocate. Yeah. Because if you don't do it for your kids, nobody else will. Yeah. Right. And so, like, she made sure I was covered 
and protect it. So I know all about the ADA since I was about seven years old. We're really going to take the Big Ten Conference, not the field? I, listen, I, if I have to be right, the Big Ten is the safe bet. You only get one guy, though. Yeah. The guy that is the odds-on favorite. Okay. And, like, it's not by a little bit. It's not like it's plus 300, plus 700. Right? He's minus 700. The next guy's plus 1,500. Yeah. Like, it's a big gap. If, I, if it's who I think should win, I'm taking the field. If I, if I have to be right, I'm taking Big Ten. Fair enough. That's all. I, you know, listen, I'm a, I'm a risk analyst. Like, that's what I do. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm weighing my odds here. What's the cost benefit? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually finally ask a, uh, uh, a question here. Uh, and I'll stick with basketball. Okay. You know, we're talking about college basketball this morning. And this is right in your wheelhouse. I'm watching Wake Forest and Duke last night, right? Mm-hmm. Our guy Hunter Salas out there doing his yeah, thing. Yeah, o- Oklahoma Tyler went. Did he? Yeah. Hunter, oh, that's Hunter, awesome. I know Hunter they're tight. Got, Hunter got him tickets, so he, got, he, uh, that's he, awesome. he took Trey out there. Shout out to our guy Oklahoma Tyler. I spent a lot of time with him on sidelines this year. We're getting human meathead. Um, <laughs> man after my own heart. Uh, <laughs> the Dana White of Omaha. <laughs> he does kind of look like him. Doesn't he? <laughs> I could see him slap fighting somebody too. Nah, he was so cool. He was gonna go to Bellevue West because Mike had a tournament. Yeah, to go get Micah and bring him to us, so I didn't have to miss the beginning of senior night. Oh, that's cool. But then Micah's game got moved. But he's, he he was all in. He's like, a good dude. Like he he yeah. He comes off like a jerk. I know. He's a mis- good dude. Though. Misunderstood. Hey, he's like me. No, <laughs> um, I actually am a jerk for people that don't know. Um, <laughs> But I'm watching Wake Forest and Duke last night, yeah. and we're watching our guy Hunter Salas ball out a little bit uh, against Duke, Cameron Indoor. Yeah, coming off dropping 30 the other day. And I can't help but think to myself, and I don't even know if this was a real possibility because I don't really think it was. Mm-hmm. What would this Creighton team look like if they had Hunter Salas? <sighs> Boy, they need an athletic wing. I would say he, fits, he fixes their biggest problem. And he can defend. He fixes their biggest problem, Right. Uh, and I don't know if you still have Ashworth or not. I don't know. But if, if you bring Ashworth off the bench, that becomes really interesting because you've, you've got some help off the bench now. All of a sudden, you've got to solve some of your little depth problems. I, he that would he'd be fantastic. If, if Hunter Salas was on Creighton, this is gonna, it's going to sound like hyperbole, but I don't think it is. Are they the best team in the country? Probably not. How close are they? Um, Legit top five? Th- probably they're the preseason buzz. Yeah. Right? Like, they're, they're at the preseason buzz, right? Yeah. I, I could see that being a thing because he's an elite-level defender. Yeah. Got the size, got the length, can get to the rim in a way that no one really on Creighton can right now. Yeah. Can also – I mean, he can score at three levels. Remember when Gonzaga used to think he could only defend? Yeah, that was really dumb. The way his two years at Gonzaga were some but, of the but, dumbest but, things but I've I, ever but seen. I, but I will say this. I, I will say this because I'm not – few can coach. No, he can uh, for sure. And, and so – But, but I he think, messed up on that. I, you know what I think we undersell? What's that? The freedom to make mistakes. Mm, I, I mean, I don't undersell, but I know what you mean. The, you know, when you empower people to, to go out and, and not have to look over your – Not playing scared. You, you can do amazing things. Yeah. A- a- amazing things. Absolutely. And, so, and I, that's and I think the freedom that Hunter has with Forest. Forest. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if, like, that's is like, should I assume that linear latitude with Mac? I think so. Okay. Because, Be- because you have, because that's, that's 50% of it. Well, and that's, you have to earn it with Mac, right? Yeah. But we've seen that whether it's Ashworth, 
Shireman, could you, Alexander, could you envision a Mitch Ballack. Where Shireman and Hunter play together, though? Yeah, they play different games. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think you'd get more of last year's Shireman. Now, Hunt does play with a guy that hunts shots for Wake. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But he doesn't dribble near as much. Well, last year, neither did Baylor. I think you'd get last year's version of Baylor, which is a lesser version of Baylor. But I think you get a greater version of what you're getting from that other guard spot. Yeah, and I don't – I know sometimes Baylor drives some Jays fans crazy. Mm-hmm. But statistically, what he's been able he's to really, accomplish – He's really, really good. He's – like, he, he's really, really good. He, he, you talk about giving latitude. I, I think That's you, what I mean. If you, you earn got, it with you, Mac – Yeah, you've got you to gotta give him some latitude to do his thing. If you earn it – if you earn that trust with Mac, you earn that – at latitude with Mac, then you've got it. Like, you never saw, I mean, whether you go Roggy, you want to go all the way back to Roggy, you want to go Mitch Ballack, you want to go yeah. Baylor Shireman. Like, if you have earned his trust, he ha- you get as much latitude with Mac as you do with anybody, I think. Because some of those shots, you know he doesn't like. Yeah, and he doesn't, I, I feel better when he's doing it than, like, let's say, Casey. And I don't think it has anything to do with their size. I just have to – I just think it has more to do with my level of comfort and a positive result. He's oh, way so. more consistent. Yes. Well, I think Casey also kind of forces those things sometimes, whereas Baylor it feels much more natural. I don't know if it is or not, but that's just my when sense. When is shooting from 30 feet off the bounce natural? Hey, ask Jacob Padilla <laughs> when I'm playing pickup ball with him back in the day. He knows it's natural. Uh, that's the show for today. We will be back what tomorrow. The? That's DB. I'm Get Robbie Get JP Lula. over here. This is Herd Out Sports Radio.